Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. With me today, I have Dave Newlon, who you probably know from bands like Chancer, Punchface Champions, and his news band, Errorist, which we'll be talking about quite a bit, um, along with topics such as uh, Norm MacDonald and Heat. We, we went quite sidetracked. I, I would say this is probably the most sidetracked I've ever gotten in a podcast episode. But uh, I've been trying to get him on for ages, finally got him on, time's aligned. So hope you enjoyed the episode. And without further ado, here's the theme music by Zach Stevenson. So <laughs> you're right. That was a good way to start off. I've with Dave Newell here for episode number 25 of the Who Art That podcast. We just watched uh, a video of Robocop obliterate a guy's penis over and over and over again. No, it wasn't one guy. It <laughs> yeah, was a million excited. different yeah. guys. <laughs> oh, I've never seen that before. <laughs> Please visit a rape crisis center. <laughs> oh. So how are you? It's good to have you. Good to have you on. I'm, I'm, I'm very balmy, and I'm, yeah. I've been laughing a lot. <laughs> the first time we discussed the idea of you coming over the podcast was when we got locked in that apartment, and then proceeded to watch uh, the gentleman at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, I forgot we got locked in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had like what six very drunken lads watching the gentleman, and then every scene that would start it would be drinking your, drinking your Portuguese port. Yeah. So. <laughs> But every scene that would start, it was like, uh, it was like, shut up, lads, this is the best scene going. And then it was like the next scene, any Guy Ritchie scene is like, this is the best scene. This is the best scene. <laughs> and McConaughey just saying cunt over yeah. and over again. <laughs> well, it's very good to have you on. Thank um, you very much. Now, the standard uh, boring question that I always ask any musician okay. when they come on, you know what it is. I don't. What? Oh, it's how to get it? into music. <laughs> oh, okay. Um... Well, I'd have to blame my two cousins. Um, so my mum and dad got divorced and we lived over in Scotland. And when we came, we came back to Dublin, let's say in a hurry. Mm. And uh, we stayed with my aunt and uncle for a while. And I was, I think I was 10. And my two older cousins, one was like 11 or 12. And the other one was kind of 14 or 15. But we just hung out all the time together. And basically they wanted to form a band and okay. so by default I was in the band and I just got to play what was left over after the first two and decided what they wanted to, what instruments they wanted to play could you play oh time? nobody could play, oh, we, nobody could play. this okay. was all this was the start of like we should go and get instruments and stuff yeah. so one of them was playing like picked up a little keyboard when he was out sick from school or something started knocking a couple of tunes together so then he bought a guitar and the other one bought a guitar you're the bass player or the drummer and I was <laughs> so I ended up buying a little drum machine and having a bass like like the drum you know like the drum machine that's like it's like a it's got pads on it but oh, it's yeah. not like the pads of today where it's like a drum kit shape it's just you like almost hit them it's like a hand, shit like... tray yeah. <laughs> with I do pads, remember those like, yeah and so like I'd be bashing that thing and like breaking it because like you just miss and hit the plastic or knock smash the pads <laughs> not a shitty bass but then by default so i was by default i got the shitty instrument not the shitty instruments i love i love like i love i, I listen to drums in music more than anything else these days yeah but, drums and bass and, and i play as bass well. as well as guitar so but at the time it was like they're not the cool ones when you're a kid you know that is the, then, that is yeah. the thing like the, the bass guitar like i remember um what was it for ages i was just like i don't want to play bass i want to play guitar and mm. then i was shit at guitar and then and and because I was always this main my, uh, mindset of like having to learn it like I want to learn it straight away you know that kind of like I don't mm. want to practice I want to learn it straight away but then got to play bass um, a bit I was just like 
and I actually put my head into making it. I was like, I love the sound of this thing. It sounds that great. Man, it's the bass. You're 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 running the tune yeah. like a lot of the time, especially in the stuff we play a lot of the time, and like. So I played guitar for years and everybody knew me as a guitar player. And then I remember being out having pints with Dara when he was like, when he'd written some Chancer stuff, but hadn't released anything. He'd shown me some stuff. And he, um, he, uh, he basically just said, um, you know, I was chatting to him and I just mentioned that I play bass. And he was like, you play bass? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, do you want to play bass in Chancer? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and we had a jam and like a couple of weeks later, I think like it was a month later, we played a gig, you know? Jesus. Yeah. Um, do you remember actually what your first band was? Was it? It wasn't. Oh, Chancer, was it? With, the, with the cousins. Yeah, it was. Yeah. We were called Surreal Dream. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then um, so me and Simon, the younger cousin, both got into the rock school in the same year. Okay. And so in rock school, you're forming bands with all the students and you can't have out, outsiders in the in the in the bands if you want to play the rock school stuff. Oh, can you not? Like, well, you, you, I mean, obviously you can play with other people. Yeah, but yeah. like if you if you're doing rock school events it's got to be rock school students because it's a it's a showcase for their college which yeah, yeah. Is, i get that you know so me and simon formed a band and we were playing a lot of the songs from our band but we couldn't have john the other cousin because he was older not in this in the college <laughs> so we had to rename the band out of respect for john so we, <laughs> we were just like we're such dickheads we just called it purple is a fruit <laughs> so yeah Wish I hadn't Purple told them. Wish I hadn't told you that. But. Hey, I remember like we there was a band that when I was in like it was fourteen or fifteen we started we we were like we're going to start a band and we're going to be like I think it was like we're going to go for the escape the fate type of sound post hardcore you know yeah, screaming yeah. with a fucking and I was like and, uh, my friend was like what do you want to call it I was like and by the way none of us could play <laughs> so you're a hip hop group pretty much yeah <laughs> uh, we called it affliction of decision was the name of the band. Um, and you spot my beer out. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember met, we went to a Wounds gig. Do you remember, you remember those? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we shared a room with Wounds in our rehearsal Fucking space unreal, for a while. Unreal band live. Um, yeah. but and James met, is still a good mate of mine, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, James is lovely, but that's where he comes, in, he comes into the story was we were, we were at a gig. And he was standing at the back and I was telling him, I was like, because we were like 16, Did he just 17. go, that's a shit name? Man. He literally said, he goes, that's a fucking terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I've got better with names since. Like, I, I, like, I can honestly say I like the names of the bands I play in these days. Like, after that, we were, like, in college, in the second year, me and my best, still to this day, my best buddy Shane, and then a couple other guys, Chris and Patrick, we formed a band called Aristocrat. And it was just after I the like movie that. Aristocrats came out. <laughs> me and Chris had went to see it in the cinema and literally witnessed everyone else in the cinema leave in disgust because it's so offensive. And we were in tears of laughter. The Aristocrats? Yeah. What's offensive it's about like, that film? I thought, is that not the Disney film? No, that's the Aristocats. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the aristocrats is okay. The aristocrats is a joke. I know, I know the I know the Gilbert Godfrey joke that he did. No, no, the, okay. So, so you know the joke. I know the joke. Well, yeah. for the people who are listening, the, all four of them. Yeah. Um, the, the the aristocrats is a joke where you're given the start of the joke and the end of the joke, and you make up the middle. And generally speaking, you make the middle up to be as vile Vials, as possible yeah. because the opening part of the joke is. Uh, it's a family uh, of five. A family of, well, it, it's just a family. a family. You can embellish on it, but a family go into a talent agent and say, have we got the act for you? And the guy goes, well, you know, I'm not really into family acts, but what's your act? Then you make up a bunch of shit. Yeah. And then at the end, the guy goes, wow, that's quite an act. What do you call it? And you say the aristocrats. And the, because of the meaning of the word aristocrat, the, re, the whole premise is that you oh, make it absolutely Jesus. filthy so that it's like how can you be called the aristocrats Have you seen but the Godfrey aristocrats did? movie oh yeah go on sorry is a document well it's basically a documentary but not it's not a doc it, it kind of goes into the origin of the joke but it's basically 
all the comedians you've ever heard of do their version of the aristocrats joke consecutively okay. and it just gets darker and darker and darker and darker gilbert godfrey's one is on it gilbert and he did that the week after 9 11 so he was actually he was he did it at a roast he did and it he was, comedy he was roast. bombing yeah. because he did yeah, a bunch of 9 11 jokes he goes no Fuck no it. no he did a bunch of jokes uh, and it was because it was the week after 9 11 no one was in the mood to laugh oh, right, so okay. he was bombing and he just went it and went for the because the whole thing is that the premise of the joke is it's a joke for four comedians two comedians you tell it backstage you know a comedian will tell another comedian their aristocrats joke you never do it on stage yeah, it, it like, never works on like stage but because it was the roast all the other comedians who were sitting on the stage like just went wide-eyed <laughs> when he started doing it because instantly they knew what he was doing like the, the crowd doesn't like. but the crowd doesn't know what the joke is so he just starts telling the joke but all the comedians on the stage you're like oh my god he's doing the aristocrats this is you can't do that and he goes for it and by the end the five comedians on the stage are rolling around on the floor and like rob i think it's rob schneider literally falls out of his chair and is lying on the ground like dying with laughter because he's like i can't believe he did it and he's pulled it (laughs) off he's pulled it off because it's like lisa napanelli greg Giraldo. i think i don't know if jeff ross is there but it's all these comedians that are well jeff ross is the roast master general no i don't think jeff ross ever did a did a roast with greg Geraldo, did he? I don't know. Well, don't anyway, know. it's but the, it's just these comedians who are like notoriously dark, dis- dark and disgusting. But they're like, not but, horrified but, because of the dark. They're horrified because you never tell the no, aristocrats. But, but that's joke. what's funny about because you can see them even going, "Jesus, like this is this." But is by the end, they're like us. the balls yeah, yeah. on him. Holy <laughs> shit! Like, and he nails it. And like, hey, R.I.P. Yeah, Gilbert Godfrey because they only lost them a couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Norm Macdonald. Oh, Norm is the fucking. I mean, he's one of the greats. My, my, my. Like he's, he'd be in my top five of all time. Well, like, my all time favorite comedian, I know for a fact, it's Conan O'Brien. I watch Conan O'Brien all the time. Absolutely love him. Stuart Lee. Um, what? Stuart Lee for me. Oh, Stuart Lee's fantastic. Stuart as well. Lee, Doug Stanhope, Chappelle. I've actually never watched Stanhope. I'm seeing Stanhope. I'm seeing Stanhope for the third time in a couple of months. He's playing on Ireland. September 11th. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I keep going. What, what day is it? Oh wait, yeah, no, it's September. That'll be an interesting show. Oh, uh, he's he's amazing live. The last time I saw him, uh, a guy literally stood up from his seat at Vicar Street, walked right up to the front, and just handed him something. You're like, what the fuck is that? And he'd handed him a bottle Jägermeister, and he printed <laughs> off. He printed a personalized Doug Stanhope Jägermeister logo on it, and Doug was like, I'm genuinely. T- by this and then just cracks it open and necks it (laughs) (laughs) he's a fucking hero because I know like uh, I love Tom Segura and Tom Segura and uh, Bill Burr as well oh Bill Burr is fantastic as well Uh, but no Norm for me like the amount of times I've been out of Norm is the man man, because he just didn't give a shit Norm on SNL doing the the news reports where he just keeps going after OJ you know the story that he got like how he got fired and stuff but he just like decided like they kept telling him to stop and he kept doing it and if you look at the compilations there's like the compilations of like one after another after another yeah, of his, yeah. of his I'm not, OJ I'm bits. I'm not Norm as the YouTube page. But halfway it. through, you start noticing that as he's talking, as he's talking and he's looking down the camera, he'll be glancing to the side because the money men are standing yeah. in the corner going, we're going to fucking kill you. And he just doesn't give a fuck. One of my favorite jokes that he ever did was he, did, he was doing that uh, the, sp- the Sports Hall of Fame thing. And yeah. some guy goes, he goes, he goes, uh, and he goes, you've got this award. Nobody can ever take that away from you. He goes, unless you kill a waiter and your, and your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the, have you seen the moth? His well, moth the, the mothman joke. Yeah. The mothman joke, swear to God, the moth joke is is something that I put on at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, every after time. parties, every time. Every time. And yeah. every single time I put it on, like, I remember. Well, a lot of people are like, yeah, don't. 
No, I don't get it. When you, find, like, when yeah, you get Norm, but, it's that on the battle axe joke. Yeah. The battle axe joke, or the uh, Andy Richter, the Swedish German, is one of the. Fun- I'm sorry, <laughs> the the footage of him on, like you you mentioned Conan when he's yeah. on. I think it's Conan. Yeah. Or is it Letterman? No, it's it's on Conan where he's on Conan and the the girl from Melrose Place is sitting next oh to him. Oh my god! With and he just, but he goes after <laughs> Carrot Top and stuff. And what's it like? But they're talking to her and they're like, "So you're in a movie with Carrot Top? Uh, what's it called?" And he just goes, "I'll tell you what it's called. If it's got Carrot Top in it, box office poison." <laughs> but she goes, but she the Conan goes. She goes, uh, "Title of the film undetermined." And then she goes, "No, it's called Chairman of the Board." And then Conan goes to Norm. He goes, uh, "Board goes, spelled B O R E D." And Conan's just like, oh my god! <laughs> and he gets it so quick. Like, like there's a, there's a guy. You probably listen to it if you love Conan, but you know his podcast. Yeah, yeah Conan is a friend. He did a tribute episode for for yeah, Norm after he died. Yeah. It was fucking great. I was. But there's the new, there's a new one out this week. I just got a message about it today from a friend, and uh, it's I'm trying to remember who's on it. Um, Jeff Ross was on it this week. Jeff, Jeff Ross, Jeff and he Ross, talks. Yeah. They, they reminisce about Norm for ages. Apparently, oh, so, I haven't. Okay, I'll yeah, I, have, I have to listen to that because they're, it's basically for for like half an hour. They're just telling Norm stories. And someone so messed my mate Nev sent message me saying, "Dude, get on the Jeff Ross Conan episode." He sent me a link to it. And he was like, "There's like a half an hour that's just Norm, and it's gold." So, do you ever listen to Norm on? Why are we talking? Yeah, we're, we're not talking this about this you at podcast all. is really going well. <laughs> We could talk. We could talk about Norm later because uh, you do need to ask. So this is, this is the shit you're going to edit. Yeah, yeah. Um, when did you first play live? How did, and like, how did those shows go? Like, did you? Um, um, it would. I would have been a little later. I'd, I'd say I was about sixteen or seventeen. I don't know. Um, I mean, like, well, sorry. Like, when when did I first play live, or when did I first play live like a proper gig? Because like, like I did like, like school shit, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, school halls and all that kind of stuff from about thirteen or fourteen. And then, like, I think I played Doran's when I was about 16 or 17. I wrote my name on the backstage wall and all Which that Which was Doran's? Eamon Doran's was the, like, Eamon Doran's was the Sweeney's before Sweeney's. Oh, right, okay. It, you know, it was, uh, it was, it's where there's a fucking gross Irish, like, trad, <laughs> uh, basi- basically a, a fucking tourist trap in uh, Temple Bar across from the Badass Cafe. And it used to be Eamon Doran's. And Eamon Doran's oh. was, like, it was the place. It was where the first Deep Fontaines was. It like, was attached I'd, to Eamon Doran's. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember Like, it. every band, like, in my era, every band cut their teeth in Eamon Doran's. Okay. So. Re, 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 like, uh, Lucy Goosey type of thing, was it? Oh, we, yeah, yeah. I've been to some Lucy Like, it was the kind of bar you go to and you go, can I get a pint of Heineken? Oh, we're out of Heineken. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll take a Carlsberg. No, we, we're out of that too. Miller? Ugh. Tenants. Uh, we're out of that. We've got Budweiser or Guinness. It's like, all right. <laughs> now, I'm like, I'll drink Guinness till the cows come home these yeah, days. Yeah. But when you're about 16, 17, what? Sorry, 18. Uh, you're, you're just like, you just want a lager, you know? <laughs> the pint was always the bar that if, if our friends were ever paying. It's, it's like the pint it. is yeah. now, you know? It's, it's like a. But isn't the pint all done up now? Well, Wiley Fox, isn't it? It was Wiley Fox, yeah, but like when the pint was the pint. Actually, I have to tell you a story. Yeah, work away. Just to get the world to hear it because it's about Des from Punchface. Okay. So one of my band's Punchface champions. We, we had a rehearsal last week. I was going to All Together now the next day. So I was like, I, I went home because um, I had to get up early. Um, to go to the festival um, but uh, Steve and Des from Punchface went for a pint in the Wiley Fox after practice and when they got there Versatile were there no way <laughs> and, uh, and Des walked up to the dude from Versatile I think uh, to, to Casper and was like man I really like your tunes like I'm always fucking playing them and stuff for real Casper or was, was like, he taking the piss no no for real oh, no. And, and Casper was like oh nice one man and I gave him a hug and stuff and a few minutes later Casper walked over to Des handed him his phone and like I think he basically said like will you take 
take a picture for the gram, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was like Casper was going to pose with all his mates. But Des misheard him and thought he wanted a picture with Des. <laughs> so he went, he went to pose for a picture with Casper. And Casper was like, uh, no, mate, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> so Des then cops on and realizes what's going on. Des cops on and realizes like, oh, right. And he goes to take the picture and drops Casper's phone on the ground. <laughs> Oh, and just no. made an absolute spaz of himself. <laughs> so I just needed the world to hear that. De- like, I hope Des hears this and he's like, you bastard for telling that story. Um, actually, speaking of all together now, um, how did you... I'll, go, I'll tell you, Actually, I'll tell you that story now that I was going to tell you. It is, it is funny. I'll tell you yeah, real quick. Yeah, go for it. So you're at all together and myself and Zach were walking down. Zach Stevenson, who I think this is the 40th time he's been mentioned on the podcast. Uh, we're walking down towards main Name stage. Name redacted. Yeah. <laughs> but we, 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 get to the, we get to the end of it and he sees this girl called Kathy, who's, um, I think, I don't know what she's doing, but we, we end up chatting to her for a bit. Absolutely lovely person. Um, and this is Kathy from Pillow Queen. Shut up. Uh, Whose guitar I sold <laughs> to her so, <laughs> many years ago. So uh, chatting away to her, and because I've never met her before. Oh, she's lovely, yeah. She's really nice. And she's like, which which, which acts are you singing? I was like, you know what? I have the app on my phone here. I'll just I'll put it You together. didn't say, oh, I might see Pillow Queens. They're a bit shit or something. Shut, shut <laughs> Jesus so Christ. So what happened was, what happened was, um, we chatted away and then I was like, Pillow Queens are on at like quarter seven. I was like, but I've seen them like a bunch of times before. <laughs> so I'm going to go, see, I'm going to go see AMAC instead. And she kind of looked at me and she kind of just, she looked and then she looked at Zach and she giggled a little bit. And then we walked on and then, and then she goes, who else are you going to go see? And she just, you know, just being really friendly. And she was so nice. And then we get about two minutes down and the Zach road. And Zach told you. We get two minutes down the road and Zach just starts pacing himself laughing. He goes, do you know, do you know who that is? And I was like, don't fucking tell me. Don't. And he goes, that was the guitarist for Pillow Queens. I was like, God damn it. I was like, I wouldn't mind. I've seen them like five times. I have both their albums on vinyl. They were wearing soak t-shirts. And when I saw them, they were, they opened up for something. I was like, how did I not put that together? Zach was fucking um, doing their guitar, tuning their guitars for him before they went on stage. Just didn't notice it at all. Like, whereas I know her, so I'd have been like, I'm going to go see you guys. And then go to see AMAC, but she wouldn't have known. (laughs) No, I wouldn't though. I I actually, they're a great band. I totally would have gone. Oh, I, I think I was actually working when they were playing, so I, I have a pass. Well, from because I've recorded an episode today, uh, actually me talking about my time at all together now, and everybody, I got like a few voice recordings of various friends just to kind of get like snippet mm-hmm. like minutes. All this, every one of them says Pillow Queens were absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, you're just trying to reel it back in now. <laughs> damage control. <laughs> I want to get them on sometime. <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe not Kathy. Maybe, <laughs> maybe ask one of the others. <laughs> no, apparently she she was laughing about it. So I think yeah. I think I think it's I, okay. I think she would. Yeah. Mm. Just I was like, and as soon as I got back to the campsite, all my friends were just like, "Why do you keep doing that?" Because you've done that with like seven bands where you've you've just inadvertently been really rude. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that's no, not rude. That's not it's rude. Just unfortunate. It's just yeah. very unfortunate. Yeah. I just it's like I don't know how I didn't notice, but um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, all together now was a bit of crack. I forgot where it I was. It was going. fucking hectic for me. Like, oh yeah, say you honest. had a busy time. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I was fucking lumping amps and fucking yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was I was down with Gilliband. Um, I got picked. Oh man, I. So I was guitar teching for Gilliband, like they're buddies of mine, and um, and Rob from Eris, my band, was, yeah, yeah, was yeah. drum teching for them, and I'd packed all the gear for guitar teching. So I'd rip my pedals off, like the pedal I need, the tuner pedal I needed off my board, brought spare cables, brought, you know, all the, all the stuff uh, home a couple of days before. And then it turned out the punch face were going to go in for a practice the night before. So I had to bring all that shit back to the studio to oh, use Jesus. for rehearsal and then repack it again. And it was so late, like when I finished practice, I was knackered and I accidentally forgot my pedal tuner. So I had to get up the, on the Friday morning of All Together Now, Adam from Gilliband was picking me up at 8 a.m., 
and I had to get up at half six and go oh. to the studio and get my pedal tuner and come back in time <laughs> to be picked up at eight by Gilliban. And then we would like, then we got there and it was like, you know, lugging all the gear. We were one of the, I think they were one of the like three bands that actually got to sound check. So we were, oh, like, really? we were, we were setting up a stage at half 11 in the morning. Uh, then we were, we, we, we built, like we literally set up the stage. They sound checked. Then we broke the stage down and then we had to build the stage again later when they actually played. And then we had to break the stage down again when they finished playing. So it was a hectic day. They have a lot of gear as well. They're they, to- they, they have a lot of gear, but they don't have anything they don't use. And they use and they're, they're actually quite economical with what they use. It's not as crazy as you might think, yeah. but it's 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 more than your average band. But it's less than you would think Gilliband would have. Yeah, like, you know, I was dealing with uh, like uh, a, a combo, a head and cab, uh, and then there's a there's a like a, a DI system that he uses for the lap steel, and then just a head and cab for the bass, two pedal boards. It's it's not crazy, you know. But uh, it makes. I've been near their fucking recording, uh, the rehearsal space. I was like, how did they make that much noise? Well, our rehearsal <laughs> room is like just down the way from them. Oh, yeah, right, so. okay. <laughs> and like Adam's been doing sound for us a little bit, so with with Eris, so like we kind of have a give and take system going you know um so yeah it's good i remember the the first time i saw gilla band uh i had a panic attack at no you mean the first time you saw girl band uh, yes <laughs> girl band at the time exactly yeah yeah but I, I saw them they were doing shoulder blades and like it's it's funny but i i uh literally just do out of nowhere just had a complete panic attack because like, i just had to leave it was in Vicar they're, street. They're, they are intense yeah but it was in vicar street and I get to the bartender, and I only, I only said this in the last. It was amazing. It was an amazing gig. Don't get, by the way, I don't. It's not. I, it, no, I know. It, I know. it didn't ruin the gig for me. I was just. I know just, you liked just them. Overwhelmed. This isn't a pillow queen yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. Like. No. <laughs> but uh, I went to the bar to bartender, and I was talking away, and I was wearing an Idols T-shirt. I was like, I was like, man, I, had, I was like, I had to leave. Like, I was getting so fucking. And he Angsty. Was, and he was, he's like, yeah. And he goes, I was at that Idols gig that you're wearing the T-shirt at, and he goes, I thought that was the most intense thing. And he goes, but I was like, the thing that scares me the most about watching them on stage is that they don't fucking move. Do you know what I mean? There's no mm. kind of like crazy movements or anything like that. It's yeah, just Dara just of, Dara, Dara just is full intensity. Yeah, yeah, like, just intense. He's kind of like now I I know they sound completely different. He's not unlike Liam Gallagher in a way where when Oasis were in their heyday, like that guy's not moving around. He's not really talking to the crowd. But back, he's just got it? this intensity about him where you can't not look at him. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is happening here? Why why can't I stop looking at him? <laughs> but like he's just got it. Like whatever it is, he's got it. Do you know? know, back when we were back when I was in college actually, our lecture I was doing a, a lecture on contemporary uh, modern uh, postmodernism and contemporary art. I was saying, give me a can. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to gesture to you. Because <laughs> mine are in the fridge, but you, you can take one of mine later. <laughs> I can go get it, don't worry. Hang on, um, hang on, hang on. Nice. <laughs> but, um, no, so we had this, we were having this lecture on like postmodernism and contemporary art. And like, it was one of these lectures that always just went completely over my head. Yeah. And then one day the lecturer comes in, I think his name was Dennis. And he just goes, right. Um, he goes, uh, on this morning, I listened to the new, uh, uh, um, Paris for Jamie or whatever. What, what was so, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen to that album. He goes, we're listening to that on the way in the bus. And he goes, that's what we're going to listen to for this lecture. <laughs> he goes, we're not going to talk about what I, I have mean, rehearsed. that's a good lecture. It's a very good lecture. That reminds me of being in school uh, when, one time. We were near the end of the year and we'd done the exams. You know that year, that part of this, the, the school year where you're like, there's nothing to do. Oh, there's, yeah, fourth We year? don't have to be here. No, like I think, <laughs> whatever it was, it was after, like, maybe it was after you know whatever school exams were on you do the exams and there's still a couple more days and you're like what are we even fucking doing, doing here, here yeah. and then um, he just came in and was like right i'll just he, just he wheels in the tv which is always the sign yeah, that yeah. everyone Woo! in the class is gonna be like yes <laughs> but you're still going like it's gonna be bullshit whatever we're, we're gonna watch here 
Dumb and Dumber. No way. You got to watch Dumb and Dumber in school. And I will say this. The, the teacher literally said, we're going to watch one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> and then said Dumb and Dumber. And we we're like, you're awesome. I, when, how do I, I didn't know you were awesome. I, I mean, um, one day in school that we got that was, uh, we were in history class. Holding hands with Jamie. Holding hands with Jamie. But we were, um, we were watching, uh, so we were w- learning history class. We were learning about Omaha Beach and all that kind of stuff. And our teacher just goes, fuck it. Well, we just watched the opening scene of uh, Saving Private Ryan. We all went, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, actually, just while I think of it, Gilliband, um, the first time I ever saw them, right? I'd, I'd listened to their, their recordings. Yeah. In fact, we, I think in, the, in Music Maker, uh, I suppose for listeners, I used to work in Music Maker. I worked there for like more than a decade I thought you still selling guitars. There. No, I don't work. There. I left like three years ago. Oh, did you? Okay. But um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're like that Music Maker is my family. So it's, okay. you know, left on great terms. Like I still go to Christmas parties, you know. Oh, like, right, okay, yeah. um, but uh, I'd listen to their, their vinyl because it came into Music Maker. But uh, I, I, I got to be honest. And it was kind of like with the Idols you mentioned. When I listened to them first, I didn't really fully get it. No, I didn't. Get and it was only when I saw them live that I was like, "Oh right, right now I get it." But it was um, Adam, the drummer, was in a band called We Arrive Alive, and we knew them. And we Punchface had recorded in the same studio in Storm Studios at um, uh, Portobello, and they had also recorded there. And we knew them vaguely, and I knew Adam as the drummer, but I didn't even really know him that well. But we were friends on like Facebook and shit. Yeah. And I was over with my my now ex girlfriend um, in New York, and we took a picture on the Brooklyn Bridge. And I posted it online. And about, about an hour later, Adam posted a picture on the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, no like literally the same spot. And I'm like, so I messaged him and I just went, are we fucking neighbors right now? What's going on? And he was like, yeah, we're playing like uh, in this, like some dive bar in New York. He's like, we're playing there uh, tonight. And I'm like, where? where? And he tells me and I'm like, that's fucking six blocks from my hotel and he goes do you want to come to the gig i'll stick you on the door so i'm like okay so we walked down and i saw a girl band for the first like what's the odds that like i live in dublin i've lived in dublin almost my entire life they're they're from dublin yeah yeah. and the first time i saw them was in fucking brooklyn or no it was no it was in manhattan i saw them in manhattan for the what year was this this would have been this before the album Yeah, definitely for before, oh, wow. well, okay. well before the album. Like this would have been after the EP came out. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I just, just me and her were on the guest list from through Adam. And I think it wasn't like we didn't even know each other well enough that I would have been on a guest list if it was Dublin. <laughs> but I was like, oh, there's some guy I vaguely know. He's from Dublin. Yeah. Like it's gonna be half full because it's New York and they don't know us yet. So he stuck us on the guest list. I, like, I don't even think I, I don't even think I said hello after the gig. I messaged him the next day, but I don't even, like, I was like, ah, they're busy, you know, like I'll just bail. Like, and, uh, but I just stood there and was like, fuck me. I get it now. Like, this is fucking something else. Like, and uh, yeah, been mega fan ever Idol, since. Idols for me was always one of those ones. It's the same with Gilliband and Groban, whatever you want to call them at the time. But um, like, it was just different for me because I was just like, this is complete. Like I listened to like health, which would be my closest band to a noise band. And like mm. maybe nine inch nails to go a bit noisy every so often. Oh, but, I saw uh, them in the uh, radio city music hall. <laughs> but, well, actually what's your favorite nine inch nails album? Cause I know you're a big fan of them. Oh, with teeth. hundred percent. Mine, mine's uh, the fragile. Will yeah. Everyone's mine. is the fragile or the downward spiral. And I, with teeth for I, me is, is an a, absolutely magic album. Do you I know just, the fragile was fucking blasted when it came out? People said, ah, like, fuck shit those people. Kind of, just like, like I remember, like Pitchfork gave it, like Pitchfork, the most pretentious music. Oh and, Jesus! Like, they gave it like a three point four, and no, it was even I think it was even less than that. And then when it was re-released on vinyl, there was like it's like it's like eight point nine. It's like one of Trent Reznor's most solid works. And it's just like go 
fuck yourself. One, one thing like, I, well, I mean, the only, teeth is a sunspot. I'm not, I'm, I'm not about to, I'm not about to defend Pitchfork because I agree they're a pretentious bunch of twats. <laughs> but, but I will say, like, you can't have two different results for for reviews because it's probably two different guys. Oh, I, you know. well, I gather that. Um, it's just, but, but just to rate it so low, there's no like, there's. I, no, ha- I have a sick. Uh, sick thing I do when a new album I love comes out like sorry when a new album comes out and I love it um, I'll be like I have to go on and see how badly this is rated on Pitchfork just to see how much I disagree with them and every so often I'll be like oh they gave it a good score but most of the time I'll be like I love this album I'm gonna check it well, oh 3.4 or something like I have that with Fantano with I did this Fantano. today by the way what did you do with what uh, well like I, I've been listening to for the last I don't know uh, maybe for the last six months just absolutely hopping off the Black Country New Road album it's just fucking amazing yeah. like, and I, I, I like particularly I was in work today and it was quite quiet and I was listening to it and I was just like I fucking love this album it's just so good and I was like I wonder what Pitchfork gave it and it was like oh album of the week 8.6 alright fair enough okay you, sometimes they do you win get, that sometimes one sometimes they like, do get it right but in fairness they are a real muso band like, you know, oh yeah well like the, the, the Pitchfork like the the they the, to be fair they did get me involved in Death Heaven because they had this yeah they never yeah. do metal albums and then like uh, Death Heaven I think um, Sunday there was I think their new yeah, yeah. album of the year so that, that was the most positively reviewed album of all University of 2013 big time yeah and so at that time I, I know we keep going off on tangents yes, here yes, but yes. I'll go off on one more <laughs> I do questions about your actual music <laughs> oh fuck that shit but uh, no um, at the time when that album came out um. So Lar from Adabisi Shank worked in Music Maker with me. Okay. Um, he's, a, he's a pal. And he, Adabisi, were signed to Sergeant House. And Sergeant House had Deaf Heaven and they had Terramelos. They, they had no Russian sp- Circles. No they, had, they had No Spilled Blood. They yeah. had So I Watch You From Afar. And that, that year, uh, they did a Sergeant House night in the Button Factory. I that, yeah. And I, like, I was at it. It was at So I Watch You, Terramellos. I want to say Emma's, Emma Ruth's Runwell. Milets no played. Milets as well. Chelsea Wolf, Terramellos, and Russian Circles is all she, played. Is Chelsea Wolf also on Sergeant House? She is, yeah. Well, she, she, was, she was then. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about now. But um, so. Our ex-bandits are on are on uh, Sergeant House, and they're a band I, I loved for years. And I told Lar at the time, like I was like, man, I fucking love our ex-bandits. I can't believe you're on the same label as them. Yeah. And then a couple of months later, he was over in California. Um, I, I don't know whether they were recording or they were gigging or whatever. And he told Kathy, who runs the label, Kathy Pello, and um, so she she co-founded the label with Omar Rodriguez from the Mars Volta. Um, and I think he's out of it now. But oh. but at the time it was him and her. That's why Bosnian Rainbow's album was on Sergeant House, uh, which is him and his That's missus Chelsea well. Gender Bender. Yeah, 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 I saw them in the Button Factory as well because they they just kept bringing Sergeant House bands over. But what it was was um, he had told her, "Oh man, my mate Dave works in who works who I work with is mad into RX Bandits and he loves loads of bands on your label." And she came over for this Sergeant House night and she came into the shop and she brought me a shitload of swag. Oh, no, like she brought so me nice It's so lovely. Like she brought me like all the RX Bandits albums. Um, but she brought me Sunbather, Sunbather by, the, uh, by, um, by Death Heaven. Yeah. And I didn't know that very well. I, but I'd heard, I, I had seen the reviews, but I hadn't got around to it. And it just blew my yeah, blew fucking my dick off. Like I was like, my dick was on the ground. It was like, <laughs> holy shit. And I had a Death Heaven t- t-shirt before I'd listened to the album. But I was like, I gotta listen to this album to justify this badass t-shirt because I can't walk around wearing a t-shirt. I'm not one of these kids who's gonna wear a fucking Ramones t-shirt. Oh, not- Jesus. 
I actually, there's a friend of mine whose sister was wearing a Misfits t-shirt. I was like, I didn't take you for a Misfits fan. And she goes, yeah. And she goes, I just love the brand. And I was like, oh my yeah. God. It's not a <laughs> but I was, I was actually like, I listened to the album and I was like, I'm so relieved because this t-shirt is class, yeah, but yeah. I can't wear it if I don't like the band. And so I was like, when I listened to the album, I was like, oh, sweet. It's deadly. <laughs> yeah, I love them so much. Like my I favorite- saw them in Whelan's. Did you, oh, you were at that with mm. No Spill? Because I remember actually, I was still in college with Roar at the time. Um, and, uh, he came behind. I was wearing a I was wearing a new Bermuda hoodie, which is their second album. Mm-hmm. And he came behind me. He goes, you know, I opened for them. And I because I didn't know him. I just went ha. And he's, he's like, no, really, I opened. No, for really. Them. Yeah. And I was just like, you opened for Death Heaven because I I didn't even know they had played Ireland before. Bear, bear, actually, just to get it in there, uh, they've been on tour for the last ten years in Europe. Haven't done Dublin since they did. Come that show. on, lads. I know. It's <laughs> and I, you'll see my posts on their thing going. Seriously, what's the crack? Play Dublin like you play yeah, everywhere the, else. When they played, it was absolutely yeah, wedged. Well, so yeah. it's not like they were like, ah, oh, no one's gonna come. Like. Yeah. But um what was it? So uh oh, what was I saying? Yeah, no, Roar, and then I turned around and was, I was like, So what band are you in? He goes, No split blood. And I was like, Fuck off like I was like, you're all replaced Lar. What? He replaced oh, Lar. Oh, did he? Yeah, Lar left because he was he was doing um he was doing loads of stuff and he was just like, I can't do all the things. So Roar slotted in for him, like in a, in a totally positive, yeah. everyone's all friends kind of way. But. What was the other band that Roar's in now? It's like Witch something or, or um, there's a female oh. singer in them and they're, they're class as well. Oh, fuck me. Why'd you have to ask me that? No, cut this. <laughs> I'll, I'll never be forgiven. Yeah. For- <laughs> they're fucking class as well. I've yeah, seen yeah. them before. And it was... Um, he what? used to play in a band... I am right. Yeah, there he used to play, in, which, used to play which, in a band which, called Varroa, which were fantastic. Was there not something on which Ma- Mountainers was another band that he was? Oh, in Wizards well. of Firetop Mountain. Wizards of Firetop it. Mountain. Yeah, yeah, who were brilliant as well. Roar, it's okay. Yeah. I, I remembered. <laughs> I remember seeing him play. I love that guy. He's remember, a sweetheart. I remember seeing him play at fucking. We went to see him in the Bellow Bar, and it, maybe I was just extremely drunk, but he was able to hit the drum so fast that at some point it didn't even look like his hand was moving. He is a tasty just, bastard. Yeah, There's no doubt about unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but we should probably get back to your band. Mm. So, like, I know, like, so uh, one uh, one punch champion and then Chancer as well. Like, punch face champion. Punch face champion. Sorry, one. I keep. I was watching One Punch Man this morning. I was like, don't get that wrong, and I've already got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of what, like, what? Because they're like instrument. Well, they're instrumentals. Like totally Chancer have a yeah. Chancer have a few uh, few songs with singers on it as well. Uh, well no, the, the well, we have we have some oohs and ahs. Yeah, both both like, of those bands have uh, like one or two tunes with some oohs and ahs, and then with. With Chancer, we have we've sampled a couple of bits. Yeah, oh, yeah. and sorry, we did do we we did a cover or two with Born of a vocals. Broken Man. We did Born of a Broken Man? Favorite we did we did we did Invaders Must Die yeah, by the Prodigy. Did that as well. We did that when uh, when when Keith died. So we were oh, like, really? we were like, okay. let's knock that out. It was like, it was like, it's it just stuck it, you know, just yeah, stuck yeah. it out there. And it's, uh, you know, the way the song built, doom, 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 yeah, doom, yeah. doom. And then you just hear, uh, we are the prodigy. <laughs> so we just screamed, we, me and Dara just screamed, we are not the prodigy. <laughs> I was literally, cause I, and then just screamed, invaders must die at the end. But I kind of, I was listening to this morning, I was like, I forgot that you guys did that. <laughs> it's, it's such I music. forgot we did that. And, <laughs> you know, it was only last week that that came up in conversation. And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> But um, like so the fir- actually the first time I saw you guys, uh, with which first, one? <laughs> uh, the first time I saw you with Chancer was you were doing. I think it was it might have been Whedon's once to watch or something. You were playing. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, I kept uh, I kept coming up to your drummer. Zach re- lifted me into the crowd. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I kept coming up to your drummer. I was like, "You're so good at the drums," because I was so drunk, and he's just like, "Okay, man." And I was just like, "You're so good." <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then the second time I saw you was when you opened up for um, Rallo Tomasi. Oh yeah, which was a fucking yeah. unbelievable show. But like, how like uh, were you always kind of drawn to instrumental bands, or does that just kind of absolutely just, not? Not um, no. no. Well, sorry. I mean, 
there was always instrumental bands I loved, but the so to to backtrack from Chancer with Punchface, um, I had played in a band called Player One with uh, with two of my best buddies to this day with two of my best friends in the world, but we you know. And I, I don't mind saying this because they would totally be happy with me saying this. I was I was writing the songs. I was booking the gigs. I was doing all of that. Okay. Um, they are great musicians and they were doing great jobs on drums and bass. But everything else was kind of me. And we kind of just we, we ran our course. And when it ended, I was just like worn out because I, I had been kind of trying to pick up the slack the whole time. And. I was just like fucked off with music. Yeah. Um, and not in a way where I was like, like even even at my most pissed off, I was never like, I'm never doing this again. But I was definitely like, I'm not doing this for a while. I just need to take a break. Um, but I, and this proves that I knew I was gonna, I was gonna keep doing it. I kept our rehearsal room up. Like <laughs> I continued paying for the rehearsal room on my own because I was like, I'm gonna need to They're go in there. Cheap either. Like- no, no. So I paid for it myself so that I could still go in and play and also knowing that sooner or later some dickhead was going to fucking come yeah, in yeah, with me and we were going to something was going to happen and then after a while I remember distinctly right it was uh it was my birthday in it was October so say I don't know exactly but say the band broke up in like April or whatever mm. um October comes around so it was it was definitely like four or five six months um mm. but uh, it was my birthday and I'd said to my mates like because everyone was like are you going to do something for your birthday and I was like um, well see I want to go to this gig but I don't want to make my mates pay to go to a gig they don't want to see yeah, I'm guilty of that but myself. it was <laughs> what it was was it was in the mercantile back when the mercantile had gigs so I said why don't we like we'll meet up in the mercantile in the bar hmm. we'll all sit around and drink pints from early and then anyone who wants to can go into the venue part and pay to see the gig. And if you don't want to, just hang out in the bar. There'll still be, there'll be a few of you. You can yeah. all chat and, and have pints. And then when the gig finishes, we'll come back into you. And the gig was La Faro. I don't know if you ever saw them. Northern Irish band. They're no. fucking awesome. They were on the Richter Collective and stuff. Okay. With, uh, and so I watch you and Adebisi and whatever. And oh, I just shit. love them. Okay, they yeah. were just a badass, yeah, gnarly. Now, they were a, a rock band with vocals and like just a three-piece, real gnarly, scumbag, deadly band, you know? And um, and I loved them. And <laughs> and it was so Jacob, who is the drummer in Punchface, who had been an aristocrat, my old band way back, and he was there. And me and Jacob were standing up the front at Lafaro, just having a whale of a time. And I just turned to him and went, dude, do you ever fucking miss the heft? Because he'd been playing in a kind of pop rock band, like a good band, but like not really a heavy band. Yeah, yeah. And I just said, do you ever miss the heft? And he was like, we're locked. And he was like, and he was like, and he was like, man, I fucking miss the heft. And I was like, how about me and you just go into the rehearsal room some night? We're not forming a band or anything, but like you play some beats, I'll play some riffs and we'll have some beers and it'll be a laugh. And yeah. he was like, yeah, let's do it. So we started doing that. And then one of my buddies, Naomi, uh, who is who worked in Music Maker with me, heard about this after three or four weeks of us doing it. Like I told her about it. And she was like, that sounds great. Can I come? And she was, I was like, sure. So she picked up a bass. She's the, she was the bass player in Bitch Falcon later. Oh man, and, uh, I fucking loved that so, band. Yeah. I really loved that and, band. And Naomi's the, like the best. And she yeah. like, so she came in and the three of us started playing together. And then like, uh, after a while, Steve, who's like my oldest friend, like well, like one of my oldest friends, um, like I've literally known that guy nearly 30 years. And um, he was like, can I come? And like, and all of a sudden there was four of us, you know, like it was like- Jesus, just osmosis and, uh, like almost. And, um, <laughs> and then, and like, so we, we kind of became a band, but 
So what we did, like I, I had always, I'd had this thing about in my old band. I was the singer in my old band. And I didn't then, know you could sing. Yeah, I can't. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I can, I can, I, no, I can sing fine, but I'm not a, I'm not yeah, a yeah. singer, you know. No, yeah. But I thought I was back then, and uh, but I always thought that like because in player one it was a three piece and it was drums, bass, and me on guitar and vocals. Okay. I always felt like my guitar lines were dumbed down to allow me to sing. sing okay. So I said I want to do it the other way around. I want to basically I want to rehearse with no vocals for as long as it takes till I have this shit absolutely down. I'll, like I want to play the best riffs I can play and have them down. And then once I have them down, I'll add vocals because my hands will know how to play the riffs. Sure. And then we just kept doing that and then we just like when it came time for the vocals, I went, I don't know, man. Like maybe this doesn't need vocals. So there was no pre-plan to have to have it be instrumental. It was just, just, it kind of, it took its own form. And then we kind of went, do we want vocals on this? I don't know if I want vocals on this. And everyone was like, eh, like that's pretty cool as it is. <laughs> so that's just how it happens, you know? And and then the, the funny other thing about it was my best buddy, Shane, who, who was in Player One, um, when he heard the four of us were in playing, he went, I'm going to name your band. And I was like, but we're not a band. And he was like, then it doesn't matter if I name it. <laughs> I like uh, that's that that's so that's I was a like savvy business. So word. I was like, sure, Shane, name the band, whatever. And he named it Punch Face Champions after it's it's a line in Parks and Rec. Uh, is it? Yeah. And so uh, the, in Parks and Rec, like Andy's band's name. Yeah, is it? Andy's is like it actually. Yeah, the line is like Andy goes, oh uh, yeah, we've had a bunch of names. Nothing runs with orange. Nothing runs with orange. Punch Face Champions, and now we're called Mouse Rat. And then and so Shane <laughs> thought that was hilarious. So he named us Punch Face Champions, and he was just he was insistent on making that name stick. So the way he would do it would be like, um, are you guys in punch face practice tonight? And we'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and then when we, when we kind of decided to be a band, I remember going, by the way, guys, we kind of already have a name. And they were like, what are you talking about? It's like, we're called punch face champions. They were like, get the fuck. And I was yeah. like, Shane kind of, it was a deal I made. Like, I'm sorry. And Naomi was like, do we have to? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, I'm a man of my word, you know. Yeah, so how, much, how long have Punch Face Champions been going now? Oh man, Jesus! Like, is it ten? It's not it's ten. More than ten. It's more than ten. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Because um, he had an album. Was the, 2018 was the, the album last, <laughs> wasn't it? And then he did. A few. Yeah, we released an EP um, within a year. Then we released a bunch of singles because we were like, no one listens to albums. And then we were like, we'll make an album. And the argument is, no one listens to albums. But we were like, no one listens to singles either. So fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> we'll just stick it all on a fucking thing. You know? I still have the Chancer EP, actually, that I bought um, at Raw Tomasi, the second or her. And the cellophane still yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the second. The se- no, 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 no. Uh, it got I was more suggesting that you listen to it on Spotify. You don't actually put the disc in. No, I actually did put the disc in. I, I used to have noob. I, if you, swear to God, if you go, if <laughs> whatever you, boomer. If you go to my, if you go to my old, I was always saying this to uh, Aaron from Skinner, and he genuinely couldn't believe you until Zach told him. But um, the if you go to my old uh, old room, which I'll be back in next week, that whole wall there is just a one big lawn of CDs. There's about 900 CDs in it. <laughs> in fairness, I got rid of 1,200 CDs. About 1,200. <laughs> I'm older than you, man. I know, yeah. I got rid of about fucking 800 DVDs as well. Oh, I I had so many DVDs. I was DVDs. moving out of my old place. In fact, I moved out before and just left them there uh, when me and my girlfriend separated. And then, uh, like, we're still best of friends. And I went back to help her move and she went, what are you going to do with them? And I was like, was this a trick to get me back in here to deal with that? And she was like, kind of. And I was like, I'm not doing anything with them. It's your problem. So I, I used to get pocket money every week um, when it was like, like a, when it was like nine or 10. There was always a tenner. But ex- there was an extra around the corner they used to do three three movies for 10 euro but there was a guy that worked there um 
this lad and he wasn't Irish, so he might not have known the certification thing, but um, he would let you buy. He, what, was, just, he was just baked. He just went, well, maybe, but he would just let you buy whatever you wanted. So you so, had Randall from Clerks working Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> selling four-year-old cigarettes and stuff. <laughs> so we literally would go in and I'd like, I'd find like, I'd find, I was like, okay, I've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I've never seen, what was one? I need a horror. I need a Ro- porno. Robocop, Robocop was one of them. I'd swear to God, because we were like eight or nine. No deleted scene, eight no. Or, eight no or, shooting or, people's no, dicks No, 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 she was sticking up. But eight or nine, like a friend of mine was like, I heard there's boobs in that film so you, that's what get, I said a, yeah, I know, a yeah. horror an action and a porno so you literally yeah and we would do that every week and uh, we'd go up and we you know we'd be there going like this and and you're like just standing perfectly up straight and your man never ever bat an eyelid because he was baked and then, and then one day I went up and I got I remember it was like it was it was the first Blade it was Braveheart and then it was something it was some other like fucking I think it was like The Punisher or something like that like you just they're all Braveheart without me thinking all, of the Stuart Lee bit <laughs> what's the Stuart Lee bit oh uh, no we can't, we can't do watch it now yeah but after the we can't get sidetracked again but, but um, if you're if you're listening to this just go on YouTube and Google Stuart Lee and the Braveheart bit it's one of the greatest bits in the history of comedy but we went up and like we we were like just uh, and then the, the the main guy comes around he goes, wait a minute he goes what are you guys doing <laughs> just like because 18 Your chins 18, are barely 18. touching the counter yeah literally um <laughs> <laughs> uh, i should probably get on to uh, asking you about errors now which is your new band oh um, uh, yeah yeah i was lucky enough to see them with physio head support <laughs> shit yeah that was the thing because i because when you said that to me like because i didn't know what to expect when i went in well, we're shit elbow as well and shit, shit wilco <laughs> shit wilco what else uh, no, I mean it's I, I'm having a ball. It's, I like, fucking love the name, yeah. by the way, because I thought like for for whatever bizarre reason when I saw it, it was like terrorist without a T was went through my head, and then I looked up the meaning of the word, which yeah, is yeah. like uh, it's somebody who speaks before thinking or something, isn't it? It's like somebody speaks with their. I, th- I don't. Is that an official uh, definition, or is that one of those uh, urban dictionary? Webster, things? Well, Webster dictionary. Oh, really? Okay. Webster dictionary. Did you do your research today? Yeah, of course. I always research the guests. I like the funny thing is I I always kind of like uh, I read every. Interview interview that i can that anybody's done or all that kind of stuff but the person errors. who uses a oh, no that's terrorist oh fucking <laughs> google just the meaning of me. errors is one who hold uh one who holds to and propagates error is the webster dictionary. yeah but there's a there's a better de- definition that uh I, I think we posted or, on our instagram or something like that a while ago and uh everyone was like that's you <laughs> i was like fuck's sake um i don't know if it's i don't know if i have it oh yeah yeah here it is um, someone who repeatedly makes mistakes says stuff he believes is true, but anyone with common sense can see he's wrong. A dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we actually posted that on our uh, like talk about promotion. Like we were like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? So uh, I had that the other day where somebody said to me, "Is like you know you tell so much fucking uh, trivia that uh, most of it's actually wrong." I was like, "Shut up! <laughs> How dare you!" Oh, but, man, um, don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> But how did the um, how did the band uh, come about then? Um, oh man. Um, okay, so the, we haven't mentioned not monsters, but not monsters. Big fan dog show. So uh, basically, um, not not monsters was a band I played in with Noel from Errorists. Okay, and then it was also Des and Jacob who are in the the rhythm section of Punchface. Um, and that band kind of well it ended but like again on on great terms basically because uh des and jacob both had kids 
and they were like we can't really be playing in two or three bands we can like maybe we can just about get away with one so punch face was you know they were like you know that's 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 our baby so we, you know and so not monsters kind of fell by the wayside and at that point me and noel said we'll do something you know yeah and um so noel is i'm fucking absolutely flooding you with band names here but You're noel right. no noel is cfit Okay. Um, we were talking about Seafit yeah. earlier, and Seafit is like Seafit is his project solo. Um, it used to be a band back in the day, but over the years, he like it, he he always wrote everything and recorded everything, and he had a live band, and some of them were on the recordings. But um, when as things went on, he basically just started recording all of the Seafit stuff himself. Um, but we he he got asked to play. Uh, I I think. I, it was a hard working class heroes at one point and he needed to kind of scramble and form a live band. Okay. And, um, and, and he asked me and he asked a couple of other guys and we did it. And then a while later he got asked to play electric picnic and he scrambled a live band again. But at that point he couldn't get the same keys player as before. And our drummer who is jolly, who is Wob, um, you know, the drum and bass band Wob, so, no, don't know okay, Wob. well, well, Wob are great, um, okay. but Jolly, Jolly basically is Wob. He writes everything for them and sure. he plays drums. He's an amazing drummer and he's a great friend of mine and, and of Noel's. And he was the drummer in Seafit at this time. And he went, I have a keyboard player for us because I've had, I've been working with this guy on the Wob stuff and he's deadly. And uh, that was a guy called Josh. And uh, Josh is um, the keyboard player in Eris now yeah, yeah. because we 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 literally I mean I think we had two or three practices and then knocked an electric picnic gig out. Fuck um, really? Well, the whole band had two oh, like yeah, two or three was, practices was, yeah. together. Like we literally like we 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 weren't a band. Yeah, we were just like we were just playing Noel shit, and we all just kind of got sent. Uh, you know whatever notation or whatever chord <laughs> charts or whatever we needed and then we just came in and we like we just like knocked it together quite quickly and then we played a gig and but me and noel like literally i think it was actually on the night after the gig at electric picnic i just turned to him and went we're getting that guy like for yeah, whatever like we'd already said him. we were gonna form something <laughs> and i said we gotta get that guy and he was like yeah fuck yeah and uh, could we just like he's just great and and we love uh, he's also a fucking great dude and so we were we just we we just said to him like i think shortly after we were like we're, me and noel are looking to get something together would you be up for it and he said yeah i really enjoyed this and like and then Rob, uh, the drummer, is a guy I've known for, like, he worked in Music Maker with me for most of the time I worked there. And he was working there before me. And so I've known him 10, 12, 13 years. And he's one of the best drummers. I think he's one of the best drummers I've ever seen. Shit. Um, he literally, I mean, he tunes drums for the people that you think are the best drummers around. Um, and he teaches Fair. he teaches technique to some of these guys. He's just an unreal drummer. He's also a, something like a twelve time pipe drum world champion. And how many people do you know who's the best in the world at something? So um, twelve times, twelve or like multiple times. Don't hold me to twelve, Jesus but like Christ. yeah. Um, and and him and Kieran, uh, the bass player, had played for many years in another band. So. So like we asked Rob, he was in and then we, were, we needed a bass player and he went, what about Kieran and Kieran? I know Kieran, I knew Kieran through Rob for a few, for a few years without necessarily knowing him super well. Um, but always thought he was a lovely dude and he's a great musician. He plays with Jerry Fish at the moment as well. And he, oh, no he used way. to play in Turn. I don't know if you remember Turn, Turn back I in the day. No. Um, Ollie Cole's band back in the day. But um, they were like, they were a big enough Irish band at the time, you know. See, this is, but, the, this is the only thing about doing this Irish podcast is that I get musicians on who keep giving me bands name and I don't know them. And it makes me go like, what, do I know any Irish band at yeah, all? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so the, yeah, that's sorry, how the five yeah. of us got together. And then, you know, 
And as as Michael Stipe once said, uh, when he was asked to describe the sound of REM, Mike. it's the noise we make when we plug all our instruments together in, 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 in and start playing. Do you know, actually, I have, a, I have a nice little anecdote about Michael Stipe. Um, Dad went to see U2 when they did like, uh, I don't know, they were doing Slain or something like that, but... Um, REM were whatever it was REM was supporting or Michael Stipe was there or some something like that but dad was a huge REM fan and he was drinking at the time and now he wasn't hammered now or was he drinking at the time it doesn't matter if he was or wasn't but he his friend got him into the VIP section and he ended up chatting with this lad for the for the whole show and he and your man was like your man was like he's uh, like he chatting for about an hour and he goes here I got I got to bunk off I'm actually playing and I went oh no wait what band are you and he goes REM and he was fuck right off it was Michael Michael Stipe I actually have another one I have a similar story well now I knew who he was but uh, (laughs) I remember many years ago I got I got to go to it was it was actually through I mentioned Aristocrat like a band from back in college and Chris from Aristocrat was friends with uh, Trev, who is the manager now of the Fontaines. No like, way! Of, of Fontaines DC, I should say. And uh, But at the time, he worked in Doran's. Doran's was ran by Dermot Doran. Dermot Doran was friends with Huey from the Fun Loving Criminals. And Huey no was, way! And, and, well, was he, well, Huey Morgan? Why, that's why Dee Fontaines was attached to Eamon Doran's. Because it's his pizza place, you know? Oh, I never knew that. And so, well, Dee Fontaines is originally is the label that the, the, the Fun Loving Criminals formed. And I that's why the pizza place that. is named after that. But so basically it was like Huey was going to be in a movie and the premiere of the movie was coming up. Huey Morgan was. Yeah, it was like some, some, like it was a low budget movie. Yeah. But yeah. they were having a premiere for the movie and Huey invited Dermot and Dermot invited Trev and Trev invited us. And we ended up <laughs> upstairs in the Voodoo Lounge like a, at a movie premiere after party. I was standing in this fucking room in, in the Voodoo Lounge. Yeah. Like, and like, I remember it was like Eddie Eddie Jordan, the guy who ran the Jordan Formula One team, Brian O'Driscoll, Michael Stipe, all standing in this room. And we're all just like walking over to this <laughs> tiny fridge in the corner and taking out like bottles of Erdinger. And I'm like, this is fucking God, weird, man. Like, I'd love to see Michael Stipe, Brian O'Driscoll. And sorry, who was the first? Eddie Jordan, Eddie the guy who ran the Jordan Formula One team. I'd love to see them. Who's like a multi-millionaire. <laughs> like probably the richest man in the room, including Michael Stipe. Yeah, Michael Stipe's probably pretty well off. But he gets a lot but of no, charity. No, but Eddie so. Jordan was probably richer. Like if you, like oh, yeah, Formula being One. a singer in a rock band is all well and good, but that guy owned a Formula <laughs> One team. Like, <laughs> He's a good, just, lads, can we just get by for the Heineken? There's a bunch of others. I'm trying to remember who else was there, but I, I can't really... It was oh. so long ago. Like, I mean, I was, you know, I barely had armpit hair. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't. Um, I genuinely don't. But uh, what was it? What did they cover? What was it? Uh, uh, Fundamental Criminals. Uh, if you were in the car with my dad, you had Fundamental Criminals, REM, and Stiff Little Fingers and Undertones. That was the, nice. the guaranteed four. I was thinking Stiff Little Fingers. I always think of the scene in High Fidelity. Is that the new Green Day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then the look he just gives the girl he's talking to is like, yeah. Do you know, dad knew those lads, dad knew those lads that set up that record company because he was living in Belfast at the time. Which record, like st- Stiff Little Fingers record One Stiff Little Fingers were part of. Oh, no, right. sorry, the one that the Undertones were part of. Okay. Um, okay. But um, he said that one of the lads that used to run it was a guy who had one eye. Um, heart, and he was apparently he was fucking terrifying. But what he used to do was he used to pop it out and just put it in your lap if you're, if you're annoying him. <laughs> was he the villain in The Last Action Hero? Pardon? No, I have, I've never actually seen the last action oh, here, believe it or not. The fucking scene, I know, man. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, but so, no, Eros now. So, like, uh, are you, have you guys, I'm assuming you've recorded stuff? By, like, have, yeah, uh, we've recorded a full EP and nice. it's mixed and it just has to be mastered. But we're a bunch of idiots, right? So, okay. So, we, we, <laughs> we recorded this EP. It was going to be an EP. Um, 
and we started playing gigs and the gigs went really well like okay. we, we like the the first one was like we sold out the grand social for our first gig that was fucking awesome and we yeah. had, like the gig went really well and then we played another gig uh, shortly after and the, the the set list for those two were the five tunes from the ep and three more tunes okay and everyone who watched the two gigs kept saying about this one tune that wasn't one of the five we recorded now everyone liked all of them but they kept on going about oh man that's a fucking is that banger the one that has the, is it the chanty one yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. and we're like god no we hadn't written that when we were recording but we were like god damn it ah oh. So we we're kind of going, maybe record the three more and make it an album. And we've oh, done yeah. pre-production on three more. But we now uh, we haven't fully decided whether we're going to record the three more, make it an album, or they release the five tracks as an EP. And like, we'll still record the three more. But yeah. it's, it, it's, it's open for debate whether we're going to hold off and release it as an album or whether we'll just knock them out. But I think what we will do regardless is we'll master one of them now one tune now out of those five and just get, and just get a single out yeah. there and we'll probably have to remaster it so that it is in line with the others so that there's a because you have to master everything together yeah, yeah, yeah. for them all to be an album you know but we might just go with the extra expense just because we we're so desperate to get a song out because we've been doing this we like we started just before the pandemic so it's been so long and we've had these songs cooked for so long and no one's heard them except the people who've been at the gig, and we're just desperate to get something. Well, out. See, I because we're I, also desperate to do it right, which oh, is yeah, the balance. You don't want like, to bungle the debate. Like we really want to, like we really want, like if, if if the right move is to wait and record the album and get that out, we want to do that. Now we, I don't know if that's the right move, but if it is, that's what we want to do. But not at the expense of like we've been a band for X amount of time without releasing anything. So if definitely, I think if we decide that we're going to make it an album, we'll put one song out soon. And then that'll kind of give us a bit of breathing room to record the other mm. three and then knock the album out. But if we're going to release the five, we might just put the EP out soon. But we'd probably oh, yeah. still be like doing it song by song and then at the end go, hey, it's an EP. Because you, know? <laughs> you just want as much exposure as possible. Every release is people paying attention. Because I, I was trying to actually find, I was trying to listen to you guys again because the, the last gig that you I was You should, we're real good. I know, I know you're really good. I saw, I've seen you guys live. But I found a video of you guys. I don't know if it's a button factory, the Grand Social, and you do like you do like a 50 minutes I don't know if you saw it. it was uploaded on Facebook. Grand Social, yeah, yeah, Social, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that whole Gale gig Bird was, was that, that whole gig was webcast. Webcast, so, yeah, yeah. So there's no getting out, getting out of that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but that that was the first gig. Was that the very first yeah, gig? Was yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, because the one that I've only been at, I've only been at one now, which is the one with Fizzy Orange. But that was fucking. Well, we're going well. to do. Um, I think just after picnic. So we've been trying to like we've been trying to secure a date. Um, and we keep getting asked to do, we keep getting offered dates and someone can't do it because there's a lot of, there's a couple of bands in the equation. Yeah. So that means there's, you know, 15, 20 people who all have to be available. Yeah. Um, but basically like um, ourselves, uh, should I say this? It's not official yet. Um, Maybe. Don't. When is this going to come out? Uh, Saturday. God damn it. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, us and a couple of bands are going, are looking at doing uh, a little benefit thing for Drop Dead Twice. Oh, fantastic. Um, because oh, they're, wow. all, they're all really, they're, like the staff in there have been great to us and we're all really good friends with it's them. It's a fantastic we, venue as well. Um, and we, yeah, so we thought we'd do something like do a gig and proceeds yeah. go to helping them out. And um, yeah, so that's going to be probably in the next month or so. 
Um, it would have been at the end of this month, but it's looking more like it. we'll just have to wait till just after. Sure, picnic. you don't do it through festival season because well, that's the whole thing is yeah. get 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 just after picnic because yeah. picnic's kind of the end of it all, you know. Oh, if it's, um, yeah, if it, yeah, it's kind of the round. But uh, yeah, the funny story actually on Drop Dead Twice. Uh, I played there literally the last night before a global pandemic closed them for two years. Oh no! Don't tell I, me you fucking. And I played there the <laughs> night before they burned to the ground. <laughs> I actually what pulled. Are the ch- what are the chances of that happening? I'm not kidding. I pulled out. I pulled. I pulled twenty thousand euros worth of equipment out of there six hours before that fire. Jesus! It was Robbie from Errorist's birthday, and we. I thought you were saying it was we, Robbie from Errorist's birthday. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't. I can't rule that out. But it, it was. It was his. It was his. Uh, it was. I won't say it was his a landmark birthday for Rob. Okay. And uh, we, uh, her, his wife. Uh, arranged a surprise party and uh, enlisted me to help her uh, arrange the surprise party and she was insistent that we should play a gig at said party and uh, we brought like everything we brought like we, we we smuggled his drum kit across and fully had it set up for him when he arrived oh, wow. we had our whole backline there we had a we had our we had our own pa there <laughs> and everything um to to, to kit <laughs> the whole room that's amazing. out and then and, and so that was on the friday night and then on the Saturday evening, we went and collected all the equipment. And on the Saturday night, it burned to the ground. And on the Sunday morning, I'm getting messages while I'm in bed going, is all your shit destroyed? And I'm like, no, we got it imagine? out. What are you talking about? Uh, the place is on fire. <laughs> Fuck me. I, I remember seeing the news. It was like, God damn, I loved going to that place for, for gigs. Especially, it's good for comedy nights they will as be well. Back. Oh, no, I know they'll be back. Yeah. It was just very, it was just, yeah, it was Quite the shock. Uh, they're lovely people as well. The staff there, I love fantastic. the staff. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the one of the best bars, just for going and having a having a pint, playing a gig, all all that stuff. What do you, and uh, it's such a it's such a shitty thing. And like the thing is, you know, people are, might might go, "Why are you doing a benefit gig?" Because I'm sure they're insured. But the thing, like, who gives a fuck if they're no, insured? No, 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 no. It's a, no. They, I'm sure they are insured, but it, they'll be waiting a year. You know, it's not even that. It's a culture. But you can't sit around and well, like you know, you know, like uh, this kind of stuff. There, it's 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 going to be cited. It's going to be looked at as a crime scene. Not not to suggest that, but like they're gonna like they'll always assume the worst and then work backwards. Yeah, yeah. So they'll be they'll be looking at it and investigating it for ages before anything can be done. And insurance companies work very very slowly. So that like all those people aren't going to have a job for as long as they're closed. And I mean, I'm sure other some of them will find work, but like you know. But like some um, of the, some of the, like I hope they get their payout. But like in the meantime, you know, I know like like obviously thinking of people who don't have a job and stuff. But like it's kind of one of the rare spots that I actually like going for a gig in Dublin as well because like yeah. like even like uh, I was saying this on the on the last episode that I did that like Blind Boy was I watched Blind Boy talk and he goes poor old Dublin. Uh, at one of his talks, I was like, "Oh, here we go, slagging the city." And he goes, "He goes no, seriously." He goes, "What the fuck's going on in that city?" He goes, "You're losing the smoking area in Fibbers, and the same week, you know, fucking Drop Dead Twice burns down." Yeah. And it's one of the gigs that actually you can go to where you can get like, you can get like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen Zora there, but I've seen, I've definitely seen like a few metal bands there, punk bands yeah. there, anything there, comedy shows there. It was genuinely very upsetting to see it go. So as soon as it gets back, the better we can get oh, it. Like, definitely, you know, like the Tivoli was across the road from, that was one of the best fucking spots in Dublin for, for a yeah, gig. Yeah, I, I saw Death from Above there just before it closed and I was like, God damn, man, saw, this is good. I, like, think, you know? I think it was Satyricon was the last band that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, now, apparently the singer for Satyricon was a prick at it uh, to the staff, but it was still a very good gig. And I was a, in three in a row, no, it was Satyricon, Micra, and then Cannibal Corpse was the third one that okay. I saw. Yeah, it was but a, good, it was like, a very uh, good uh, month. 
the drop dead thing as well. Like we've we've got some lovely venues, you know. Like we all love Whelan's and the Grand Social that's and the Shane. Workman's and places like yeah. that. No, not including Sinead. We've got what I was. That, that's kind of what I was going to. Oh, right, okay. We've got Whelan's and we've got the Grand Social and we've got the Workman's. But sometimes the best gigs are the sweaty ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that's what you get in Drop Dead and Sinead. That's that's why I say that. It's like you know sometimes sometimes you want to go to a nice you know like not saying those aren't nice places, but sometimes you want to go to a place and you know a Whelan's and stand there and watch a show. Sometimes you want to jump around and get sweaty and minging yeah. and just like there's only a, like there's only eighty people here, but it's fucking deadly, you know. Like and you know and those places you need those as well. I you remember need, seeing you, you need you need a bit of everything, you know. I remember walking up the stairs and seeing Panic Attacks playing and uh, fucking Drop Dead twice. Oh, um, I only saw Trev today. Like, you know, oh, did you? What a fucking band! Was, there, oh man. my god! I literally said to him today, like he was talking about Panic Attacks and he was talking about um. He was talking about a, an idea. I won't go into it because it's their thing, but yeah. an idea for a music video. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a controversial one. Yeah, the, the, the woke, the woke yeah. might not like that. And I was like, but at the same time, you're the fucking panic attacks. You're badass. You know? a, they happen that's actually shied away from controversy. Yeah. I remember fucking, uh, I remember one day we were um, watching, I was listening to fucking Nova radio and they played, uh, they played the boom is back, but uncensored. Like they generally had the, you know, the Leo, 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 yeah. Leo, fuck you. And I was just like, what the fuck? Am I? Like, and my mom's like, what? And I was just like, they just played the uncensored version of it. That's not censored at all. Nice, it was, nice, It was nice. good. Those four boys are fucking legends. Yeah. Scan, Rian, Trev, and fucking, uh, and Rob. Yeah, because I remember Harvey used to. Heroes. Play, yeah. Like, Alex Harvey Alex used to play them. Mick well, Pyro right? was in the band for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. Mick Pyro was yeah. in the band, yeah. I remember driving back from Cork. Uh, Chancer and Panic Attacks were both playing in Cork and uh, and and me, Trev, Pyro and Alex Harvey got like all drove back together because I just wanted to get out of there after the gig. I played so many <laughs> festivals that summer. I remember Dara promised me, I got down late and Dara promised me I won't drink on the Sunday so that we can drive home. And I got there, I got there, got a lift with a mate Ian and uh, fucking we pull in I walk around to the stage and the first thing I see is Dara Hold McCann looking all wobbly and I'm like A we're about to play and you're gay eyed and second of all like where's my lift and I'm like so pissed off like I've got nothing with me because I knew I was going in and then leaving and then and he's like yeah man you're probably gonna have to stay and I'm like god damn it and about like we 10 minutes after we finished playing Trev pops his head around and just goes right. I'm off, lads. See you later. I'm like, are you driving back to Dublin? Yeah. Can I have a lift? Yeah. yeah. I'm out. And I'm out. Jumping out straight away. <laughs> I just just noticed. I said, Trev pops his head around the door. I sounded like Dell Preston in Wayne's World too. <laughs> Jeff Beck pops his head around the door and says, "There's this little sweet shop on the edge of town." <laughs> That's a very good impression. <laughs> well, he got the brown M and M's. We had to beat them to death with our own shoes. Well, 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 Dave, this is the part of the interview where you ask um, questions. No, where not that I ask questions. Where so basically, I have the I have a list of questions that I always have. So you do ask questions. I do ask questions, but there there are a list of questions that I will always. I've ever said. Are ever, they about heat? We've discussed this. Oh, we, are we going to talk about heat? No, no, no. Go on. Okay, but the, we are, but not yet. Wait, not yet but um, so there are always these questions and I remember when I said it to James Lonergan I was like these are questions that I would ask you if we were at an after session together like and I was quick really fire. It's quite, it's, you can be quick fire if you want James, we're not good at James, this James at one point just goes when I was interviewed just goes he goes do you actually ask these to bads when you're uh, I was just like yeah he goes okay uh, so first question oh yeah. actually I forgot to ask you um, are you a fan of the Ginger Escape Plan yeah we oh we nearly supported them with chances. did you actually Oh. We 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 were 
touted to support them by 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 uh, someone. Uh, someone. It would have made sense. So, yeah, big time. Uh, I agree. <laughs> um, we were re- like, because it would have been their last ever show in Dublin. Yeah, I was at the show. I graduated on that fucking day, so I wasn't allowed to go. Oh man, he, fucking, I, he jumped I, off the fucking uh, the, the balcony. Yeah, and I know like, he did. Was, and we were near him at the balcony. I know but, he did. Um, so what happened was we we had don't been, rub it in. We had been suggested <laughs> as a support. Uh, we had got initial approval. Um, from from everybody who gives initial approval. I don't really know who those people are because it wasn't me directly speaking to them. And it was all looking pretty fucking good. And then at the last minute, and like I will say there's no ill will here, but the band basically said we kind of just prefer if it was a DJ because then we can have a quick changeover. But we were basically, we had been- a- Ginger escape on with a DJ. Well, it was it wasn't a DJ DJ. Oh, it was it was actually Ray and Trench. It was uh, oh. Trent. I think it was Trenchurian or whatever, whichever project he was doing. Okay. Um, and I mean, he's fucking awesome. And you know, and I I went along and watched his set, and it was class. But yeah. if I had been a band, it would have been us. And and it very nearly happened. And we were fucking like, oh my yeah. god, this could be so cool. I remember, I remember, so I was, I remember, so actually it wasn't, I wasn't graduating. It was my final year show where I had to showcase my project. So I was in a suit and all that kind of shit. Um, when I was at NCAD, I remember saying it to my tutors, like, can I just showcase my thing and then fuck off? And he goes, what concert are you going to? He's like, Ginger Escape Plan. He goes, you're wearing a suit. Like he knew who they were. He's like, he's, he's, he's like you can't. But going back to Roar earlier when you, when he said we, we supported Death oh, yeah. Heaven, like, Right now, if that had happened, I could have went, yeah, well, we fucking supported Dillinger Dillinger Escape Plan. Uh, We we supported a fair few fucking cool ones, though. We got a really cool one. We got, um, uh, what else did we do? We did, uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, We did Jamie Lennon. That was one of the fucking. No way. Oh, that would have been unreal. And I remember, I remember at the time when that gig got announced, I just turned to the lads and went, keep that date free. And they were like, why? And I was like, I'm getting us that. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, how? And I was like, don't know. Was that when you played Rudens, it. was it? Yeah. yeah. Like I literally said, I don't know how I'm getting it, but I am getting a stat. And I did. Nice. Um, but yeah, we, we, we did Light as well. That was pretty cool. You know, the Japanese math band, Light. Oh, cool. I thought you talked about Light, um, the pop star from the States. No, no, no. Yeah, I was just like, I don't uh, see how that, no, don't see how that translates. No, fucking cool ones we did, but uh, yeah. We, we, we've, we've supported most of math rock. Fair. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. but like Ginger Escape are one of those bands that like I was, they were kind of one of the first like I don't like using the term like extreme bands oh, that I yeah. listen to. Well, they are extreme. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so I listened to it was the it was one that had Mona Lisa's smile on it. That yeah, yeah. With, the, with the golden cobra on it. Mm-hmm. That was the first one I listened to. And um, a friend of mine who we used to like we still dabble in each other's music, but like he like I've gone off in a completely different like his favorite band is Sylvanesso. I'll put it that way. So they're like, good. They're no, they're very good. But just he we loved the same band at the time. And I remember finding Dinger Escape for the first time and going like, oh my god, this is amazing. I showed it to him and he goes, this is some of the worst music I've ever heard. Oh, I was no, like, man, no. it's like this is some of the most tech. It's like this is like jazz for metal. It's uh, and. Uh, but you have to blank him from now on. But even delete his number. Like, the that guy. Even in the car, right? Even in the car when we're driving back from all together now, he's like, Ginger Escape Plan or shit. He just occasionally will just say it. Yeah, fuck I was like, I was like, man, you're having a fucking notion what you're talking about. And I swear to God, I'm gonna audio clip this because he's a fan of your band. So I'm just gonna go, Dave thinks you're shit. <laughs> Do you know it's funny? Um we me and Jacob from uh, Punchface and uh, and then my buddy Shane, who I've mentioned, who who played in Player One with me, and then uh, my ex girlfriend, who is still one of my best friends, a big fucking story. But basically, we drove, 
We drove, um, we drove to uh, to the, the ferry and then got off the ferry and drove to the Reading Festival to see at the drive-in. Oh no way! You're gonna see them. Yeah. Oh, I'm, je- so I'm a huge like, it, Mars Volta fan. It was Mars Sorry, it was it was Mastodon then at the drive-in, and it was oh at the drive-in's God. first first tour when they got back together. And at the time, we thought it was their only tour, and the entire drive, Jacob had a cassette deck. In his car. There was no CD player and the radio didn't work. And he had two tapes. What was it? He had Roots by Sepultura, which Roots. we listened to constantly. <laughs> and then after about eight hours, we were like, all right, seriously, I'm going to lose my mind. Put on the other tape. And it was an REM album, but not automatic for the people. And we got three tunes in and I went, Jacob, and he went, what? I went, put Roots back on. (laughs) And then the first thing I did when I got home, like I literally went to bed, woke up the next morning and I walked to Sound Cellar. And and I walked in and looked in their tiny little tape section and I just bought them around the fur by Deftones. And I just went, that's for you. If we ever drive anywhere again, I'm listening to fucking Deftones because Deftones are one of my all-time favorite bands. um, I was like, I will fucking lose my mind. For for realsies, uh, Sepultura are literally one of my all-time favorites. Like one of my all-time favorites. They are. I love Roots, but... 12 hours of roots is a lot. Oh no, 12, even for me, that's a lot. When we go down, when we go down. <laughs> that, that, that has uh, Rahamata on it as well. Yeah, yeah. And fuck, oh. We'll go down Just, I remember showing a friend of mine, I remember showing Zach actually um, uh, Chaos AD for the first time. Refuse resist, and he was just he's like he's like the drumming on this is insane. I was like, man, when I saw Sepultura play live, uh, it wasn't Igor, it wasn't Igor Calvary. No, I saw. Sorry, I saw the cons- uh, Cal- uh, Cavalera conspiracy. Yeah. Like, yeah, and yeah. Igor was beating his drums so hard. He was beating them like they owed him money. Oh my <laughs> god! Like he nearly breaks. The- like apparently, there's gigs where he breaks his cymbals from just hitting yeah. them so hard. Well, everybody can break a cymbal. It's when you break a fucking skin because like skin cymbals. Well, sorry, do you mean break or crack? Crack. Well, crack like crack cymbals happen all the time. Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay, well, don't take away from that. No, but it's an example of bad technique. That's why Jacob does it so often. Uh, what was it? actually fucking um, no Se- Sepultura for me just are one of are like oh, honestly badass. But the funny thing is, like everybody hates on Derek Green, and I'm just like, who's obviously came after Max. I quite I don't like I don't mind. His, but you're gonna like I think you're gonna people hate are gonna hate you. on whoever it was. It's not like, and I don't think you hate on him because of the job he's doing. You hate him because he isn't Max. By the way, like, he's fucking unbelievable. I've seen Max live nowadays, and like not. I mean, ten. let's face it. That guy is no Adam Lambert. Like, no. <laughs> you know, it's like you're doing a pretty good job. You're not like Jesus. This yeah. is gross. Yeah. <laughs> no, fucking. Uh, Der- I've seen Derek Link Green live a few, t- no, twice I think, and he's just unbelievable. But I've also seen Max live, and I'm kind of just like. Derek Green, not to be that type of guy, but like Max smokes like a chimney and he's doing all this kind of stuff. He's not as he's not as kind of punchy as Derek is. It's kind of though, it's not about who's the better singer in that situation. No, it's, it's about, about that's like, what I mean. That's it's about the, the energy. Band and that's not the band. You yeah, know? I suppose. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm not even saying that I think that. I'm just saying that I think that's way the, the, the thinking for a lot of people. But a very, a very underrated album that they did with Sepultura that with Derek is the the Dante's Inferno one is I gotta say I've, I've not heard it but I'll check it out uh, that one and then me- the mediator between the hams and the feet must be is the it's like the second last one is fucking the, the, the newest one Machine Messiah is not amazing but I, I I love them to bits but I got into them through Derek not through Max so I probably am a little bit biased um, but I do have a quick sorry go on do the, so the, we'll do the quick fire questions right. so that aren't quick fire uh, that aren't quick fire, fire at all yeah. uh, first and last album you ever bought Oh, first album I've ever bought. 
I mean, there's been a lot of lame ones, but actually the first one is pretty respectable. Uh, I think it was probably Thriller. Do you know I have the I have the original Thriller CD at home. The the first pressing vinyl, but I, that, that was you do not. That was not what I bought. Okay, yeah, 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 I bought that later. Um, Jesus, press, yeah. Um, it was it was it, I think it was that it was either that or it might have been an Aerosmith. Um, but I think I think it was Thriller, or it might have been a Queen album, but I, I'm pretty sure Thriller was first. Um, with my own money, you know, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the first album I got was um, the the Gladiators TV show, the soundtrack of it. Um, I got it on cassette as a gift for for Christmas one year. Out of anything, and, and you know what's hilarious, say, right? That's as, not what I thought was going to be. But as lame as lame as <laughs> as lame as it is that it's the Gladiators soundtrack. The songs that were on it, there was a lot of bangers on it. Uh, Edwin Starr's War, What Is It Good For? Oh, it was a great um, song. You're Unbelievable was Fantastic on it. song. The Ugly Kid Joe cover of Cats in the Cradle was on it. I don't know the, that one. Uh, the Boys Are Back in Town by Tin Lizzy was on it. Like, there were some bangers that's on that bad. album. That's not actually, that's it's not really bad. strange that those songs, gonna, like, I don't know what they've got to do with Gladiators. But. I thought it was going to be a covers band or something. Maybe it's their walking song. Well, no, because the Gladiators, it's not wrestling. They don't have walking songs. On no, but they had, they, no, they had tunes when they were walking out to do their their, their if it, make, if it, make, if it makes you feel any better the first one that I ever got was Akon's Convicted spelt with a K that was mine first time I ever bought Man, by the time that album came out I had hair on my balls no- <laughs> first time I ever bought with my own money was Meteora by Lincoln no sorry Hybrid Theory by Lincoln Park was the yeah. first one I ever bought with my own money um but uh and what was the last uh, do you do, do you like, oh I buy vinyl yeah you buy um, vinyl yeah what was the last one I bought uh, well bought or like the last one I, I the last one I got was a gift and it would have been the last uh, Nick Cave. Oh, Carnage, is it? Uh, no, um, the oh, the the the, the ghost the, one. Yeah, the, 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 no, ghost. no, no. It's even it's even after that. It's the um, I didn't even know. I we think had it's one after it's that. it's like a stripped down one. I'd like it, it's it's stripped down. It's just him and Warren. It's not the bad seeds. Um, oh, what the fuck is it called? Um, and filibustering here while I look it up on the phone, even though you're not supposed to have a phone on a podcast. <laughs> Um, it's not cosmic, video, it's not videotape don't worry <laughs> no don't put it on don't put it on no we cut it um cosmic dancer was that no seven seven songs i didn't even know he had a song an album it's uh, yeah it's it's just like a it's it, yeah it's a shorty but uh, yeah what's That's, actually what's um because i i discovered my but i will say that the next album i buy will be that black Black Midi album. Yeah. No, Black Country. No, the Black Country, Black Country because Country. I, 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 like, I just keep meaning to act. Like, I've been listening to it obsessively, but I just Wait, keep meaning to actually did, purchase the fucking thing. When did this that and the new sm- That and the Smile album. Um, I haven't learned. I haven't listened oh, to the Smile album. God. So it, it's like, well, I mean, Radiohead are the best band of all time. So, um, and this is, yeah, it's just something I was else. going to say debatable, and then I was like, don't get into it. <laughs> I will fight you, and you, you will, will be, I will, you will drink pain. Do you want, do you want, do you want to, uh, do you want to end the, I'm going to say one sentence that might end the podcast. I've never listened to a Radiohead album from start to finish. You should be shot. <laughs> you shouldn't be allowed to have a music podcast. I know, I shouldn't. <laughs> you, like, you actually shouldn't be allowed to have a music podcast. That's like saying, like, you know, I'm doing a Beatles podcast without listening to the Beatles. Like, I've never listened to the Beatles either. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to edit that out, right? <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, no, I, the Smile album and, and that Black Country one, that's th- those two, I'll definitely buy them. I just haven't got around to it yet. Wait, but which one's the Black... Because Black Country New Road, like myself and Zach do like a weekly... Mo- we do a monthly roundup of albums and there was one like... I, I felt like only like six one, months ago. 
Um, I think it's out a year now. Oh, right. Okay. So it is. It's, it's not like brand the, new. Like it's, it, I just can't it's, stop. It's, it's the black and white photograph one. No, it's, uh, it's like, one it's, it's a little gold, gold Concord in a, in a zipper lock bag. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've listened. I have listened to that. That's a fantastic uh, It might album. be older. Like I'm trying to think like, but I think it's one of those, it came out and like no one paid attention and then it slow burned its way into, mm. into being. There's a uh, song about Charlie XCX on it. Uh, it's it's what the fuck? Oh no, it is twenty twenty two. Yeah, no, it's about there's a there's a song it's, it's there's a song just, that the singer wrote about wanting to have sex with Charlie XCX. Yeah. Well, the singer isn't in the band anymore. That's that. How about that? What? He, so the album came out and everyone went crazy for it, and then he left the band because he's got like I, I don't know the ins and outs, but apparently he's got a, like some mental issues. And he left the band. Oh. And for most bands, that would be like, now he's brilliant, don't get me yeah, wrong. He's but for, mo- for yeah. most bands, that's like, we're mm-hmm. dead. Nail in the coffin. But yeah. because they're so amazing musically and stuff, and the singing is great, but it's an element rather than like a huge element, they just were like, okay, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. And they just got a new singer and they're going to keep going. And, oh, okay. And apparently, I think the new singer is like a friend of the band that, like. Oh, so it's not like a kind of, there's no ill will. Well, we haven't, you see, well, I mean, I, well, I don't, I don't, oh, I mean, I don't uh, really know. Dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know whether there's ill will or not. But also, um, we haven't heard the new singer yet because True. he's in, but there hasn't been any output since. So we'll see. We'll see so you're, you're, you're a vinyl collector. So I wouldn't I, say collector. I mean, well, like, you, I have, you buy I have, it. I have uh, <laughs> a couple of hundred. Do you have a really, do you have a couple of hundred? I, I've had mine like two years and I remember Zach was like, no, don't get as obsessed with buying albums as you do with buying vinyl. And then I think I had it for like a year and I had over 200 and he goes, how do you, he's like, stop doing this. Um, but like, what would be, I've never asked this before actually, what would be like the rarest one that you have? I have the original pressing of the first Led Zeppelin album from 1968. Oh my God. Uh, and that could probably pay a deposit on a house, you know, yeah. or not far short. Where did um, you get that? Well, my granddad died many years ago and we were clearing out the house from a big family. Yeah. And at the time they knew it, like everyone knew I was like obsessed with music. Yeah. It would have been in my early teens. And we were clearing out the house and I found like a small little bunch of vinyl. I ran down to my mum going, oh my God, like thinking, this is mine, you know? Like, And she was like, those will be your Uncle Phil's. And she was like, he's up the stairs, go and show him. Like, And he just, when I went up and showed him, he went, yeah, do you like them? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, would you want them? And I'm like, yeah. Hmm. And he goes, now, do you want them just to sell? And I went, no, no. And he goes, they're yours. And he gave me that. And I think I got, I got a copy of LA Woman. Um, oh, wow. And I think Astral Weeks. And, and and Billy Joel's greatest hits, which is obviously a banger. Fuck. Um, so yeah, um, but that's like, I mean, that's definitely the rarest. Um, I have a couple of rare ones. I have a, I have uh, the original, like the first Queen's album with an alternate cover. Um, that I think there's only it's, it's a numbered album and there's only one of a thousand. And I got I got one of those. And I, believe it or not, I bought that in Sound Cellar. And I went, I saw no it. No way. I saw it and I was like, oh my god. And I walked up and went, how much is this? And he went, 15 quid. I don't think he had a clue what he had. <laughs> I was like, fucking I, So Sounds is the one. There's a topless girl on the cover of it. and Sa- it folds out to show you a topless girl. It's kind of Barbarella looking. Sounds is the place next to Mary's, isn't it? Mayor, and it's at the it's it's next to Lost Lane, um, you know the Lost Lane venue. It used to be Lily's. So, facing the side of Trinity, facing the side of Trinity. There's a subway there as well. Subway. No, that's not. So that's not. There's there's a so there's a record store that you go downstairs in, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds better. Is it still there? It's still well. So over. It's still there. Over COVID, a friend of mine. 
myself and friend because she has a vinyl player and she's like you got into it just do you want to go do you want to go pick some stuff up see what we can find and i was like absolutely that sounds like a great way to spend an afternoon when there's fucking nothing else going on so we went in and i went uh, like i was kind of flicking through i found a, found, found, found a few ones but i was just like you know i don't really want to spend money on this and then i found um and i probably i i don't know if you're a fan of them i absolutely adore typo negative the band okay. the 90s band adore them never got into them super. um oh they're fantastic they're so good um really 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 amazing band uh but they never kind of like went into superstardom things like they went on tour yeah, like i know them, but like I yeah well them. i i'm a huge i absolutely adore them to bits but the problem is is that most of their stuff has been out of print for fucking years and right. i mean years uh so when you even find when it's up even on yeah. but even on cd they don't they don't even print their shit on, yeah. i don't have any cds by them but they have this one um oh my god i can't remember the name of it now it has christian woman on it what the fuck is it called uh we'll do a quick google but anyway, so we're flicking through the metal section and it, they, I found it and it's the double vinyl gatefold version, uh, the original pressing and it's 20 quid. And I just turned around to, uh, to Chloe and I was like, what the fuck? I need to own and this. And she goes, she goes, I have no idea why that's important. I, oh, bloody kisses, bloody kisses. It definitely uh, seems important. And I was just, I was just like, it's only 20 euro. And she, I was, and she goes, is that amazing? I was like, shut up. Don't let him hear. I can't believe you don't shut up. <laughs> so I think like, I remember getting home with it and just being like, fucking just, and like, uh, I, and saying it to a friend of mine, he's like, are you going to play it? He's like, of course I'm going to fucking play it. It yeah. sounds incredible. But the other one that, uh, uh, my Nana has an original pressing of that she gave to me was uh, hotter than July. The Stevie wonder album. Oh yeah. The proper, like, a, shit, like yeah. it still has the Motown badge on it. And everything. It's fucking, I do have a, an early pressing of songs in the key of life as well, oh, but, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's like crazy valuable or anything but it is cool um i do have to go do a special mention though because yeah we're going i got absolutely shit-faced one night <laughs> and uh i, woke up, to a good I start. woke up the next day absolutely hanging and i just like there's lots of email notifications <laughs> and i look at them and i'd gone on discogs while i was shit-faced and i was like what did i do <laughs> I'm like, oh my god how much money did i spend oh no and then i opened the email to see what i bought because i don't remember what i bought and i just looked at it read it quietly and just went oh my god drunk me is awesome <laughs> <laughs> i spent 80 euro on a seven inch single of the voice by john farnham which is the greatest song ever recorded <laughs> that's actually not as bad as i thought it was gonna be 80 euro on a song <laughs> one song <laughs> and i i remember telling my mates about it I was like a special mention my buddy liam here because i bought i bought the john farnham song i've, I've long said and i say this in jest because obviously i like like real music but <laughs> but john, i always say john farnham's the voice is the greatest song in the world because they actually managed to have a bagpipe solo that works and then the hey, second it works and, really well in corn and then the second greatest <laughs> song ever recorded was uh kiss from a rose by seal and he bought me that as a birthday present just a couple of months oh, later just to complete presence. my collection of the two greatest <laughs> songs and obviously number three is uh party hard by andrew wk but i haven't got that on seven inch yet that is not what i thought you were going to mention uh, number three is party hard by andrew wk we do what we like and we like what we do man <laughs> it always just reminds you of jackass like neither none of those three are the best songs ever recorded but like they are like we do so do you ever see actually seals cameo in never stop stopping yes yes yeah, so <laughs> And he gets killed by a panther. He gets killed by wolves. And he goes, you know how how I got, no, he goes, do you know how I got these scars? And he goes, wolves. Because he had had lupus is what gave him the scars. Do you know that song is deep though? 
What? Uh, Kiss from a Rose. It's, it's a about, song. No, it's about it's about him getting off drugs and or trying to get off drugs. He's fallen in love Is with it? Heidi Klum at the time, and he realizes he's going to lose her if he keep, keeps on taking coke. And so the song is about him trying to get off coke. Uh, did you know that when it snows, the light in your eye? Oh, the, the, did you know that when it snows, uh, my eyes become wide and the light that you shine can't be seen? That's when the drugs come. I forget about you. And uh, yeah, the more I get of you, the stranger it feels. It's like, it's gonna fucking be, deep. Gotta like. be listening to that at 12 o'clock and I just go, seal who hurt you. <laughs> the more I get of you, the stranger it feels. Like, Jeez, I never thought, I thought just yeah. it was a standard kind of just, you know, 90s ballad or something. It's like a that. fucking banger is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next question I have is, um, if you could collab with anybody, who would it be? Does this have to be music based or? No, you, you can climb with Brad Pitt if Mann. you want. Michael Mann. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we do the Michael Mann conversation or Fincher, now. but Michael Mann. <laughs> the, the, so the first time I ever pitched the idea. In fairness, do- Michael Mann in Collateral, he just constantly plays Audio Slave. So I reckon there's space for me. I could like, I could, you know, like Audio Slave is just all the way through Collateral. Is it? Yeah. So I once love upon a time. Collateral is such a good movie. It's a banger. I watched it. Favorite Tom Cruise film ago. by far. Favorite Tom. It's, oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because he's been in a lot of shit. But you never see him play. You never see him play just a, a cold heart. No, but not even just a villain. Just a cold hearted. The scene in the like, jazz club where he's oh, the jazz the club and then he fucking, just caps him, but. But uh, no, but like, I does he get it wrong? If does you he can get have the like wrong? basic. No, he, he, I think he gets it right, but he finds a technicality to still shoot him yeah, or something. Okay. But I think, but like, if you if you can have audio slave, which is basic, straight four four rock bangers, yeah. then like I can write a rock banger for Michael Mann. Like you know, we can collab. <laughs> I want to. I want to be on the soundtrack to Heat Two. Yeah. Okay. And Heat, Heat Two's in development. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The book came out a couple of days ago. I'm, it's on its way from the, Amazon to me. Right. Wait, now. was Heat originally a book? No, he wrote Heat 2. So the, oh, we're doing the Heat talk. Yeah, we're doing the, well, could I just say, originally when I pitched the idea to Dave, uh, we were at an after party and- Can't he goes, we just talk about Heat? Is and what he, I said. No, that's not what you said. He goes, for the first hour, he goes, obviously we'll talk about music. He goes, of course we'll talk about music. And he goes, but for the second half, we're going to talk about Heat. And I was like, like the movie. And he was like, yes. I well, actually, like, I think I insisted that we talk about the Beastie Boys and Heat. No, the Beastie Boys came after. Came after, but you're yeah. wearing a Beastie yeah, Boys t-shirt. I'm wearing a Beastie Boys t-shirt today. And this but, came and, up and, because and, I was wearing a Beastie yeah, Boys yeah, t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but no, so uh, just real quick, because we don't want to, we're getting sidetracked, but uh, <laughs> Michael Mann was on a podcast. Uh, my favorite podcast is The Rewatchables. Yeah. It's a podcast about movies and they do a movie each week and they do a deep dive into the movie and they talk about the movie. And the whole podcast started because the two guys who do it, their favorite movie is Heat. So they Great start movie. talking about heat and, and one night when they're drinking and they go, we should do a podcast about heat. And they're like, yeah. So they do it and it goes really well. Like it's on the ringer and, and, and they do the first, the first episode is a podcast about heat. And then as the, they, they, like basically loads of people listen to it and they're like, this thing might be a thing. Like we could make a podcast where we do an episode, or an episode about a movie each week and we could keep doing this. So they do. And it gets really, really popular. And the hundredth episode, they decide to do the reheat because they've developed like over the over the hundred episodes, there's a, a system now. Yeah. And they'll be like, you know, at the start, they'll talk about it for a while, free form, and then they'll go through various categories. But they didn't have any of those categories when they did the first episode. So they're like, we need to do heat again so we can take it through all the categories. So they they do that. And then at the end, like uh the Bill Simmons, who's is the, the the host of the podcast, is like so this is kind of a bummer, you know, like because we've we've done heat and we've done the reheat. So we kind of can't really do heat again. And like that's the whole reason we started this. And like 
it's kind of a sad moment. We can't really do heat. And Chris Ryan, the other guy, jumps in and goes, well, like, I mean, we could do a third podcast on heat, but we'd, like, we'd have to get Michael Mann, you know? And that's not going to happen. Episode 200, the three heat with Michael Mann. They managed to get him on. I think Michael so, Mann's quite a cool guy as well. He's like, fucking I would, cool, I would imagine yeah. he's cool, yeah. But he's basically he's uh he's he's on uh, he's on and he's talking about heat and like they 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 just are completely losing their shit. They can't believe they're talking to Michael Mann and it's awesome. But at the end of it, uh like he's just talking away and he's like he, he's talking about Vince and Hannah, who's Al Pacino's character, and he just goes yeah, so um, you know, Vincent is uh, he's a Vietnam vet. He's been married three or four times. He's, is he? You know, he's just been, you know, he's he's probably got a bit of a coke problem, and and the guys are like, wait a minute, this isn't in the movie. What are you talking about? Well, and, I know and, he, Al Pacino played him with a coke habit. I know that for a fact. Yes, he but did. I didn't know he was a. I didn't know he was a vet. Yeah, so, but, but anyway, my, uh, Sorry, they're, yeah. they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Michael Mann goes, oh well, I write fifteen years of backstory and fifteen years after the movie. <laughs> As part of the character for development. <laughs> and they're like, what? And like, he's like, I do it for every character in the movie. Like, you know, I've got backstory for all of them. And anyone who doesn't die in the movie, I have 15 more years. And they're like, are you fucking kidding? And he's like, yeah, it's all in the book that I've just written Heat 2. They're like, what? <laughs> so he was, they're like, yeah, I've written Heat 2. It's going to be out in a couple of months. And they're like, Jesus. And I'm like, now normally in that situation, I'd be like, this was staged. So they, like, this is a yeah, promotion. There's no rate. way they didn't know it. They yeah. are amazed. They're genuinely like, you're it's on kidding video. Me. Right? So no, that's just a podcast. But recently, and this is what you were saying a second ago, is he went on Marin. Uh, the Marin podcast, yeah. like the original, the original podcast, podcast yeah. And uh, now that now he's promoting Heat Two, the book, and he's on the podcast, and they're talking about Heat Two, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna make it as a movie." Fuck. And Marin's like, "What?" <laughs> and he's like, "How are you gonna cast that? Because you have to cast Al Pacino 15 years before Heat." How long was he? He must have been about 30 years old now. It must be. It's a 90s film, is it? It's 99. He was in his. Oh, it's 99, is it? I think he's, he was in his late 40s. I you mean, can do, he's, he's, he's 70 now 70s or now. like that. If it's 99, yeah, you can, you can still, you can kind of do the thing. I hope they don't do the age thing. No, Al Pacino can play 15 years older Al Pacino, but he can't play 15 years younger Al Pacino than 99. But I thought he too was 15 years after. It's a prequel and sequel. Oh, Jesus. Okay. You're going to have time before and time after. Now, that's the book. I don't know whether which bits they're going to cover in the movie. But basically, yeah. Well, Robert De Niro's so I'm going to be on the soundtrack. Well, De Niro might be in the... De, in the De Niro's prequel. character might be in the prequel, but it can't be De Niro and playing him. Son and he back. certainly won't be in the, in the later part. Spoilers, <laughs> yes. it's a 1999 movie. Get over it's it. It's also so. one of the... It's a, like, it, it is, but like, he's dead, so he can't be... But it's funny. It's one of like the most critically acclaimed, yet kind of like suspiciously underrated films that you can it's watch an as well. Man, it wasn't nominated for an Oscar. It's an absolute joke. Like... Even for like like the the I remember watching it for the first time with my dad. Um, I think it was like ten or twelve. It was on like fucking. It's a masterpiece. It was on like RTE like, RTE at like nine o'clock. It was summer holidays film. The fucking scene where they rob the armored car where the guys come out deaf. Do, do you know? Like, sorry, it's ninety five. So yeah. yeah, my brother was born that day. So do you know this? You you know this? You know, the the scene where they rob the armored car and the guys come out deaf is one of the most realistic robbery scenes. And the, the shooting scene on the uh, on the fucking on the, with Val yeah. Kilmer. No, just the, the after the bank heist when they're out in the out in the main road oh, and they're shooting. Do you know that it like the whole thing is that like when you shoot a, a scene like that, you're shooting with blanks, and 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 then you replace the sound of the blanks with sound effects afterwards yeah. in, in almost every movie. But when they did that, Michael Mann was like, "This sucks." Like when I I was there, like the it sounded incredible. Yeah, it's like so they just put that back in. They're like, "No, that's how we're doing it." Jesus. And apparently, Christopher Nolan when he was shooting Dark Knight 
was uh, he went and re- he rented all the same microphones, like literally the same ones as they <laughs> use for it. heat to make yeah. sure that it because he's like it has to sound right. And um, but so but the Dark Knight is just it's it it is like a, it's a superhero version of a Michael Mann film, like exactly. yeah. So the uh, the nominations for the Oscar that year. So this is 1995. No, it's uh, it's 96 because it came out in 95. So it's Oscars. Please tell me this isn't the year that Shakespeare in Love was. No, 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 no. That's the third biggest travesty in the history of cinema. The Mm. Shakespeare in Love one. Um, So Braveheart, which I mean, great film, but extremely factually inaccurate. Yeah, Stuart (laughs) Lee, as many times mentioned, Uh, Apollo 13, which I I do love. Don't get me wrong. El Postino, remember that? Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. El, sorry, what? Yeah, El Pastino. El, El Babe. Babe's not a good movie. It's a good movie, but it's, it's not heat. Yeah. <laughs> and Sense and Sensibility. No. We couldn't find That's room. a shit movie. We couldn't find room for heat in that, in that that's list. Best, that's best picture. That's best picture. Okay, did Al Pacino or Robert De Niro get nominated? No. No. No, neither of them got nominated. Shit on my father's balls. That's a joke. Um, and then, well, like, that's only that's only slightly more egregious than uh, the fact that Forrest Gump beat Pulp Fiction. No, it didn't. Did it yeah, actually? Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump beat uh, The Shawshank Redemption and Pulp Fiction to the best Oscar. And, like, Forrest Gump is a grand movie. But did- Pulp Fiction changed the fucking world cinema, of cinema, cinema forever. Yeah. Like, it's like, lads... You know, because I know I, that- have, I have a theory that, um, and this is actually slightly stolen from the rewatchables, but you shouldn't the, the the Oscars for a year shouldn't take place till four years later, because recency bias fucks them every time. If you if you if you do the night if you do the ninety five Oscars in ninety nine, Pulp Fiction wins. Oh yeah, you're not going to give that to, to Forrest Gump four years later. You're like at the time you're like, oh man, that was so lovely. But like, how many times do you rewatch Pulp Fiction, and how many times do you rewatch Forrest Gump? Be, oh. The funny thing is, uh, Pulp Fiction. Like, oh, I feel like I'm just saying uh, things that make you annoyed. I will kill you. But uh, will, don't don't say it. <laughs> it's 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 not one of my favorite Tarantino films. It's not one of my favorite Tarantino. Which movies. Which is your favorite? Uh, at, well, if you ask me tomorrow, I'll give you a different answer. Okay. And if you ask me the next day, I'll give you a different answer. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a masterpiece. Oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is very um, good. Inglorious Bastards as in, well. Inglorious Bastards is Jackie my Brown. personal favorite to watch. Oh man, like I'm just gonna start naming them. I think all. Reservoir. I think Reservoir Dogs is honestly one of his most. Reservoir Dogs is a masterpiece. Is, yeah, uh, Django Unchained is incredible. I forgot. About, um, I forgot that shit, Django as well. I haven't actually seen Jackie Brown, believe it or not. Oh, dude, it's. I've great. seen. I've seen all the rest of them. I've now, even seen. I will Death say Proof. you won't love. You won't. You won't love Jackie Brown until the third viewing because it's not. It doesn't have all the bluster and all the like. It's a much more controlled it's movie. It's the least violent it's, film it's as well. Le- it's the least Tarantino-y. Yeah. In that, like, it's not. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of dialogue, but it's not like big, long, wordy, you know, diatribes. It's just, it's just a tight movie. But sure, um, like, but it's I- also the only one that he didn't really write. I mean, he wrote the screenplay, but it's based on a book. It's based on. Is rum, it? Yeah, rum punch. Oh yeah, because isn't thing. Michael Keaton's character in another film as well? Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, no, uh, believe it or not, one of my favorite Tarantino films, and I'm not trying to sound like a wanky film nerd, but one of my favorite Tarantino films is one that he actually didn't direct. The one that he wrote was his True Romance. Well, which, yeah, yeah, he sold True Romance so, to fund, to Reservoir, fund Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, Tony Scott made that though. Tony Scott's a fucking brilliant master. Film. Man, Man on Fire. That's man. That's Tony Scott, yeah. isn't it? And Top me. Gun. <laughs> is Top Gun Tony Gun. Scott as well? Yeah. Is it? Oh, what a talented individual. And also, man. he made he made one of the great uh, underrated movies of the last uh, of this. 
Deja vu. No. (laughs) Unstoppable, man. Denzel Washington and Chris Pine. The train that can't be stopped. It's fucking awesome. Is that Tony Scott as well? The train is a character. Is it taken of of Pelham 123, the remake? Is that Tony Scott? I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Tony Scott was a badass and he killed himself. Yeah, I know. I was just about to say, yeah. But True Romance is one of my favorite movies of all time. Man, it's such a weird movie. And like fucking even like, I remember watching it and I was was watching it with my ex at the time and... uh, at the end of the film, I was like, that was Gary Oldman. <laughs> I was like, you're Drexel, probably the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you must think it's white boy day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we got here? A motherfucking Charlie Bronson. Well, Chris, is, like, Chris is Slater, like the scene where, like, I won't, the, just, he's just. <laughs> you're not going to ruin a movie from the mid nineties. <laughs> if you haven't watched two romance by now, you deserve to have it ruined on you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call Childline on your parents if you haven't fucking watched two romance. It's like, uh, what was it? Uh, I remember. Uh, and also um, the fucking, one of the greatest scenes in the history of cinema. The, f- which the, sh- de- the final shootout. No, the fucking scene in the. Oh, with James Gandolfini. And- no, Denzel, Den- uh, <laughs> sorry, Denzel, uh, Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken in the. In the caravan. Oh, that's a brilliant scene. Yeah. yeah. I the, forgot that was Dennis The pantomime. Hopper. The pantomime. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 you got a pantomime. It's the list of things that tell you whether you're lying or not. And, it's like, <laughs> and he, he goes through the whole thing and the, the Moors conquering Sicily and all this. And they change the bloodline forever. And then at the end, he goes, so Sicilians were spawned by the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, and if that's the truth. Am I lying? <laughs> and then fucking Walken just pulls the gun out. I haven't shot a man since 1985. Boom, boom, boom. It's a great film. It's Val awesome. Kilmer who plays the Val Kilmer uh, plays, plays Elvis. Elvis yeah. yeah, in the background. Yeah, yeah. Val you don't Kilmer, even see, you one don't of see the most face. underrated actors ever. Fucking Val Kilmer you watched in the docu- Tombstone. You watched the documentary on him. Yeah, yeah. I haven't great. seen it yet. But like, cause, uh, cause and he's so good in, in Maverick. In the Top Gun Maverick movie. He's not actually in it though. He is in it. Is he actually in it? He's actually in it. Tom oh. Cruise fought for him to be in it. And he uh, does things with his eyes in that movie. He can't speak. He, he yeah, throat, he's, he's got the throat, throat cancer. Thing. Yeah, yeah, but he well, he does it. God, he talks like this for a couple of seconds, and then okay. they, they, they. I think they used effects to get his real voice for a couple of seconds. But he does things with his face in that movie. He's a fucking great actor. Oh, he's a fantastic have, have actor. You ever seen he played Tombstone? Batman. Have you seen Tombstone? I haven't oh, seen that Tombstone. That Batman movie is terrible. No, sorry, I will put my head. Have, you haven't seen Tombstone? No, I've got to. I guarantee. I guarantee. I've seen oh. so. I've seen so many films that you haven't seen that I would love. Wrong. <laughs> Uh, do you like Lar- do you like Lars von Trier at all? Yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> do you know somebody the night that I met you, somebody came up to me and he goes, "Has anybody ever told you that you look like Lars von Trier?" I was like, "That's not a compliment. Don't ever say that to me again." <laughs> I remember seeing Dogville in the cinema. Oh, so. Jesus, it's great. Dog- but, uh, it, but Dog Hollywood in Tombstone is one of the greatest fucking performances That's the Western, I've ever isn't it? seen. Yeah, it's with four directors because yeah. they kept quitting, and Kurt Russell just went, "I'll just finish it myself." Wait, really? Yeah, but uh, but Val Kilmer in that when when like everybody's like like the. Uh, Michael Bean's character is challenging everyone and just like who wants to take me on and then you just hear just him he's sitting in the corner and he's pissed because he's just he's an alcoholic and he's just like I'll be a huckleberry <laughs> <laughs> you hear all the fucking fighters in the UFC say that now I'll be your huckleberry <laughs> Doc Hollywood have you that. seen I think it was a Val I actually Gil- have a Val Kilmer t-shirt that says do you I'll actually huckleberry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to watch it now because I've been trying to I've been like uh, every so often I go Ringo goes. here is an educated man <laughs> One of the characters called Ringo, <laughs> the Michael Bean character. Okay, I thought it was just a random. Wild Earp is my friend. <laughs> what's so the good. other? What's the other really famous western from the nineties that Clint Eastwood? Unforgiven. Unforgiven. I haven't seen that either. 
really good one. That was on the rewatchables last week. Oh, was it actually? Okay, mm-hmm. well, I should watch that. I need to, so who wait who hosts? Re- oh, why are we? Why are we talking about another Let's podcast? On another podcast that's far more <laughs> successful than yours. So uh, the rest of your questions. Go okay, on. Uh, most who do you think is the most underrated band? Most underrated band. Um, shit, man, that's a hard. Underrated question. band or underrated artist? It doesn't have to be a band. Okay. Okay. Um, I, okay. Most underrated band, Manchester Orchestra. Good answer. I'm going to Very see them next good month. Band. Uh, I've seen them about 10 times. I met Andy Hull. I actually email correspond with Andy Hull from Manchester really? Orchestra. He is one of my favorite artists ever. Fantastic. Whether it's Bad Books or Right Away Great Captain or Manchester Orchestra. Yeah. I love that band. That man writes lyrics that belong in my soul. Mm. I fucking absolutely love them. Now, I know they're they're not a nobody band, but they're they they should be the biggest band uh, in the world. They're they amazing. Should, they they remind like they should be up there with the likes of um Oh, who the fuck? Like, like, David, can I, can I name a few? Yeah, work so away. Many. Yeah, work away. David Bazan, um, who is the singer from Pedro the Lion, uh, Pinback, uh, Andy Schauf, who is getting there. He's getting, he's going up. You're the, um, th- you're the second person to mentor Andy Schauf. Was it James? Because I showed James Andy Schauf. It definitely probably was. Yeah, I can't remember we who it was. Together, I showed yeah. James Andy Schauf. And we were at the gig and he was like, you showed me him. And um, who else? Fucking, oh man, there's so many. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Pine Grove, I love Pine Grove. Um, great band. Um, are Pine, Pine Grove aren't Irish, are they? No, 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 no. American. Um, I'm trying to think of all the little bands I've been to see Metallica. in the last while. <laughs> um, yeah, I just yeah. Do you know? Just, do you know? All well. See, the thing is, all the best music is underrated because True. because people watch watch Coronation Street and just watch listen to what the fucking charts. Shout talking. out to my mom. But yeah, like, <laughs> I, like I, look, I'm not knocking anything. I'm just saying that like. These days, you have to go and find the good music, you know? Do you know, do you know who I saw recently that really blew my mind at All Together Now was uh, Band Gurriers. Yeah, yeah. Oh I, my I, God. I've seen them before. I didn't see them at All Together Now because I was working. I've never. But I've heard great things. I've never heard of them. About the All Together show and I've seen them before and they are good. Yeah. I never heard of them and I literally was watching it going like, and I don't know what, I don't, like, I don't want to classify them and stuff, but I kind of got like, it was kind of the perfect blend of like aggression with just kind of like a simplistic beauty type of thing going on yeah. as well. Um, but like, we were watching them and I was like, because a friend of mine was like, you'll fucking love, she goes, I know you'll love them. And I was just like, I hate when people tell me that I'll love a band yeah. because it, my my natural instinct is I, to go like. For me, it like, depends on who's telling me. Well, you know, there's certain people where I'm like, you know that I love them. Whereas it's someone else will be like, shut up. Yeah, shut the fuck uh, up. Also, yeah. sorry, with underrated bands, I have to name some Irish bands and yeah. give, give a bit of support. So well, I'll Gurriers say, are Irish. I'll be, no, I know, but you said them. <laughs> I, I didn't say them. But uh, I have to say New Secret Weapon. Um, because the world needs fantastic to know about bands. them. Yeah, fantastic uh, band. And I have to say, Bannered Mare. Uh, I fucking love those. I've guys. actually never seen um, them. Well, like Race the Flux are like one of my like the, one of my favorite Irish bands of of, of of yesteryear. They broke up, but like like a, a chunk of Race the Flux is in Bannered Mare. We actually our last show with Errorist, we got we got them up from Galway and sweet big fan of them. Um, is there anyone else? Uh, I mean, there, there's a million things I'm going to kick myself for forgetting, but like, yeah. Well, you're put on the spot. I think yeah, people yeah. could give you a cook a bit of slack. Like I, gave, I gave you loads. Yeah, you did. You gave <laughs> yeah. a few. And I'm going to name a few later. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, shit, come, that, come that back. too. <laughs> <laughs> Send me voice messages going, just, I remember just oh, one. Oh, errorists before. as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, best live band you ever saw? Oh, fuck. Um, 
<laughs> Jesus, you're not making these easy. No. By the way, the next question actually the uh, the next question is probably the hardest question. So if I can I, I can ask you that one now. It's the most erect question. No, no, no. I'll, I'll give you a few on this. Okay. Well, I, I saw I, I I saw Tom Waits. Did you was, actually? Yeah, I saw that, and the man is a genius because you know you've like I've seen you know you know shitty bands like Muse and Tool where they're just like you know look at all our lights and it's like yeah you just fucking you've watched the matrix too often and um but that man had a spotlight on a sandpit on the stage and when he was and he stood in the sandpit and every time he stomped his foot because of the spotlight it looked like his foot caused an explosion and it looked amazing and it cost about a fiver <laughs> and I'm just like I'm thinking of all these fuck dickheads. you Nine Inch Nails with your two million light rigs and I'm like that, that's genius you know so Tom Waits Nick Cave uh, every time I see Radiohead um, how many times have you seen Radiohead now uh, I've seen Radiohead like uh, eight or nine times I've seen Deftones 11 or 12 times I've seen Def- they're, they're also up there I've seen Nick Cave I saw Nick Cave for the 11th time at all together now the um, 11th another one that stands out um, would be I saw the first time Foo Fighters played in Dublin and it was when The Colour and the Shape came out Oh, um, wow. And they had some of the tunes from Nothing Left to Lose, but it wasn't out yet. And Dave Grohl, it was the Olympia. And they played Stacked Actors, which is the first song on Nothing Left to Lose, but that album hadn't come out yet. And in the middle, they kind of just riffed. Like, the band just kind of held a riff and just kept playing. And he climbed the Olympia. Went to the top? Uh, he went to the first balcony, but he was on the outside of the balcony and he sidestepped his way around this tiny little ledge. And I literally could see the soles of his shoes above me. Jesus. And then he came back around the other side and uh, and came back onto the stage and launched into the song. They opened with a drum war between him and Taylor. Uh, <laughs> it, it was just fucking incredible, you know. Um, I've, I've, seen, I've seen all the three living members of Led Zeppelin. Uh, I saw I saw Page and Plant. That was one of that, I think that was my second ever gig. I saw Jimmy Page and Robert did they, Plant. Did they tour together at one point, did they? The, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant as an act with the support was the Black Crows. That was pretty fucking oh, cool. Oh fuck! Wow. And I I saw them Crooked Vultures. Um, I think they only played six gigs, and I saw them. Um, fuck. Uh, Wait, really? They, that's all they played? Six in Europe. Sorry, six, six in, Europe. in Europe. Okay. And I saw one of those. And I, I'd have to mention as well, the Rage Against the Machine obviously broke up for like 10 years. Yeah. And I Not saw... more. And, no, it was 10 years. Was now, they've okay. been broken, they've broken up and got back together a bunch of times yeah. since. But they were playing, they, their first and potentially only show at the time was going to be Coachella in 2007. And me and seven of my mates had a pilgrimage to Coachella Fuck. and uh, I'll never forget that like we're like I, re- I remember the support the band before them was Manu Chow and they were they were they did fine they were playing a perfectly good gig and the entire crowd just went rage rage oh, rage geez. rage yeah. the whole way through it was hairy like and then Zach, Zach walks out and just goes we are raised against the machine oh. from Los Angeles California well, they and with- then they launched with testify <laughs> and it was just like oh my god we were in a field and I could feel the ground moving. Jesus. And then they opened, then they went straight from that to uh, Bulls on Parade and then Born of a Broken Man. It was just like, Born of a Broken Man is easily my favorite. Um, or it was it, yeah, no, Born of a Broken Man is easily my favorite Rage Against Machine. My, my one would be my two favorites. Jim Maria is great. People of the Sun, from, 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 which is the first track on, on uh, Evil Empire, just because it's got the greatest drum sound I've ever heard in my life. Just the fill at the very beginning, which is on its own. There's no, there's no instruments. It's just, it's just. Do you 
Do you know I love it? And then the other one is Wake Up. Oh, Wake and, Up with the fucking... Wake Up. I was introduced to the, the, the Matrix. But Wake Up was the encore. And, and he... Wake like Zach, up. You know the way Zach does all the big speeches yeah, about yeah. Po- politics and stuff? He didn't do a single one. And then during Wake Up, he just went on this massive, massive rant. And it was just like so powerful. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've given you a few best games. Yeah, no, very, very good. Definitely cheated, but... No, he's... And Death from Above, anytime you see them. Fucking oh, incredible. actually, my, my brother went to see and Death from Above. salt on your ears, like... Really? Are they that loud? Oh, they're one, them and them Crooked Vultures loudest things I've ever seen. Well, do you know, we saw... And for an Irish band, I'll say the best the best Irish band, uh, well, two, well, the Redneck Manifesto, every single time, I would I would go so far as to say the Redneck Manifesto are the reason Punchface Champions exist. Okay. And every time I see Rednecks, like if Rednecks are playing, I'm going every time. Uh, Rednecks and Battles would be the two for Punchface. And then, even though we're way dumber than them. Um, and then uh, a, a band you probably don't know, or a lot of people don't know, Boss Valenti, um, which was like a band that oh, Graham the Hopkins uh, was the drummer. And they 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 just, they won 35 minute, super tight, brilliant rock and roll album. Uh, it sounds like early ZZ Top. It's fucking magical. Oh, class. <laughs> and then they, they, then they just kind of ended and they, they only played like a handful of gigs, but I saw them live and it just knocked my face off. Like, Again, my dick was on the ground. It was just fucking great. Have you seen um, God Alone before? Yeah. Man, fucking, I watched them. Re- I saw them, I think, just before lockdown or... But, jeez, they blew me away in terms of Irish bands. Did you ever see Primordial, actually? No. So, Primordial are, like, Ireland's premier black metal band. They've been going for fucking... They were one of the first ever black metal bands. But I actually got to meet the lead singer. And they have this... Do you ever hear what they sound like? No, they, so the lead singer has this kind of big kind of booming voice and like they sing songs about like the coffin ships and the famine all that kind of kind like they don't scream there's, there's screaming right. in their old stuff but it's he's just, but it's I, singing vocals over heft kind of yeah it's kind of it's kind of hard to describe it's just this real like just powerful emotional voice but I, I met him uh, and I always thought that he was like six foot six or whatever and I he's met him and I met, but I met him at a, I met him at a, what the hell what, I met him at Napalm Death and he's my height. Oh, so they're 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 not a. Sorry, I don't. No disrespect. They're not like a, a big. Oh no, they're huge. They're they're like they're like one of the they're kind of like one of the most like probably one of the, the it, let's see how to describe them. They're not playing download main stage, right? Right. But their uh, cult following is okay. is huge. Oh, spe- actually, I should so, mention special mention for Red Enemy. Oh, Red Enemy oh, are so shit. good. Alenkis. I never got to see. Alenkis. Oh, Alenkis just broke up recently. Yeah, I know, which is, I know yeah. Well, again, Robin in the in, in Lankis worked in, in the Maker, and I would, I would be you know I'd, I'd be friendly with all the lads from Alenkis. I wouldn't know them well, but fucking great. Band. Never got and to like, never got to see I them. I saw Red Enemy's album launch in the Button Factory. <sighs> it was just fucking fierce. You know? See, that was kind of like I I never got to see. I listened to them, but I never got to see them. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why. I just never got around to it. I didn't realize Such that. Well, which which band was Nilo in? Was he? He wasn't Red Enemy. Frustration. He was in frustration. Frustration were badass. Yeah. Just funny, like because I remember kind of uh, I remember listening to Get It Right Up You by the Scratch for the first yeah. time, and then and was, Lefty came out. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, who's, Get it right up, yeah. I was like, who's, who's the fuck doing the screams? And then I saw Lefty. them, and it was, but no, it was Nilo when I saw them doing it once. Oh, okay. Well, I yeah. saw Lefty. I've seen Lefty do it. <laughs> at the, He's the, at the Olympia. From Red Enemy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so the uh, one of the final questions that I have oh, is oh god yeah, this yeah. is the one that's really hard isn't this it? is the hard one yeah if you could change anything about the Irish music scene what would it be uh, someone fucking playing some Irish bands maybe would be good you know um, on the radio well I, not, I don't know I mean I, I do, I, 
don't know if anyone cares about the radio anymore, which is a shame in itself. But uh, like I saw, like a good friend of mine is John Barker, who did the the the, the radio show. I think it was on was it on two two FM. Or FM one hundred and four. I'm I'm so bad at radio stations, but and that's that, that, sorry. That, that's a testament to that's itself. That's a testament to what I'm saying. Yeah. Like even like I'm guilty of it just just like anyone else. But he was the like I, I was on his show a, a few times, um with with my bands. He's always supported everybody, and the, his his show fucking is gone now. And I think he was the last one. Um, like well, sorry, the last one of the you know on on the big recognized stations. I know like you know. Hazel Davis and stuff is doing her thing on on, on like local radio, but yeah, like yeah. you know, it's like I just said a minute ago, you have to fucking look for these bands, yeah, because they're not shown to you, and I'm not afraid of the graft of trying to get out there, but it'd be nice if if there was someone kind of going near, check this out, it's good, you know, like uh, I mean, there's a million things I could say, but like I think that's the first one, like I think that. It, like that's the biggest that'd be the biggest seismic change that would be for the good of everybody isn't it yeah, that, yeah. you know if if you know I, I do firmly believe that the reason that a lot of music gets bought is because people get shown it and they go i like that so show them more and then <laughs> you know, like you know but it's it's like it so like the last couple of bands that I've had on have all said the same thing they're just like why don't we have some form of showcase that is showing stuff like this and you're just kind of like because even as I said earlier on, you know, like I have you, I have you on or somebody on and they just mentioned all these Irish bands and it's like, I'm, I try and keep myself as clued in as possible. I still don't know all these bands. I don't know, neither do I. Yeah. No, and it's, it's just like, like I know, I know loads and loads of people from the job I had and from playing in bands. Yeah. You know, working a music maker and playing in loads of bands means I know loads and loads and loads of musicians, but I don't know them all. Yeah. And there's, there's bands, there's a new band formed today. Do you know what I mean? And I don't sick. know them. Yeah. And who does? And like, how, how do they get known? You know? Um, it doesn't seem like there's any obvious route um, other than spending a fortune on promoting yourself and it like you shouldn't you shouldn't have to pay like I, like oh sure but like even like, I, try, like don't, don't get me wrong I, I definitely believe in um, you gotta be good to get something you know like yeah. you don't you shouldn't just get rewarded for existing you know but here's 700 like, I do believe in the survival of the fittest you know it's it's cutthroat but you know if you're good Good things should happen, and if you're not, sorry. But, yeah. You know, but if you're good and nothing's happening, like it's a pretty thankless task. And like, I think a lot of bands are breaking up because they're like, I just don't see how this is going to go anywhere. And like, that's a damn shame if they're kicking ass and making great music. You know. Actually, the amount of bands that I've seen kind of go by the wayside because they kind of look at their Spotify plays. Do you know that kind of stuff? Where and they're just like, it's just like it's not going the way that they want yeah. it to go. And like, I guarantee you, if I named you my say, say if i was to try and think of my five favorite irish albums of the last 10 years i'd say there's a good chance you've never heard of almost any of them i probably would say the same and why is that just because it's because no one fucking knows about yeah. them you know like i mean i, I mentioned uh, a few earlier i mentioned boss valenti like the river fane did you ever listen to them nope that's the that's the best irish album i've ever heard in my life and so River Fane is the name of the band, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's a river that runs through Wexford. They're from Wexford, and then it's the best album I've ever heard. Is it like a folk album, or it's <laughs> the lads? In the <laughs> your, band. your face as soon as no, I the, said the, that question. The, the, the lads, in the, the lads <laughs> in the band are friends of mine, and they would they would call it boar folk. <laughs> boar folk, okay. <laughs> like, like, they literally have referred to their band as boar folk, okay. but no, it's it's like I don't know. It's a bit granddaddy. It's a bit uh, pavement. Uh, but there's synthy elements. It's 
beautiful music just beautiful music but like you know they'd play a gig in Sinead to 20 people like you know and then you know you go to the three arena and see whatever gross horrible shit is in there like you know I'm I'm not saying anything that everybody else doesn't already know but like script (laughs) I didn't say that the script (laughs) I had I remember work I remember I got really annoyed by that and I'm like I'm not. I don't try to be pretentious with my music. Like I, like you know, like I, I think that's. I, I, I like what I like, and I don't ex- like what I don't ex- like. Exactly. But simple. I remember. Like, I, mean, I, I like. I, I always. Anytime anyone calls me pretentious, I always defend myself by saying, "Shine by Take That" is one of the greatest songs ever written. Shine by Take It's an absolute banger. But uh, first bridge, chorus, absolutely great. You hear the bridge of that song, and you're like, "That's a great shine, chorus," shine, and then it goes shine. into the chorus, and you're like, oh, "Whoa!" Yeah, it's a great song. I saw it live actually. I want to see the. I've seen. I've seen uh, Take That twice live. Okay, now settle down there. Like, well, I actually have. I went to see them with my mum twice. Um, but what was it? Uh, no, I remember when I was working. That's going to be my next seven inch single that I buy on Discogs shine. for like a hundred <laughs> quid when I'm shit faced. Well, <laughs> I bought a seven inch of shine. No, by no one's looking for that. I didn't even know they be a hundred quid. <laughs> But uh, no, I remember uh, when I was working in an office and it was like one of those, I, as I said, I try not to get pretentious about the music I listen to, but like there was a girl, a girl younger than me. She's about five years younger than me. And um, I was reading my book and then she was like, which already sounds pretentious in the lunchroom, but she was like, uh, she goes, I think I have better music taste than you do. And I was like, who's your favorite band? She goes, the script. And I just, I remember getting, oh. I remember getting oh. so angry. And then she was, I was like, who's your second favorite band? She goes, probably Dermot Kennedy. And I was just like, Derby Kennedy's all right. I was like, I was like, I was like, Kennedy's all I was right. Like, I have to have a little. And Michal, the drummer, is an absolute like, like, fucking I, I, legend I, I, and a killer drummer. I, I was like, I can't get that's, too. That's enemies and fucking, you know, like. No, I was like, I can't get too bad. At, I, I'm not going to get mad at Derby Kennedy, but the script. And Melty Brains as well, he plays for, is, you know. Oh shit, he does. Michal from Melty yeah. Brains and Enemies plays for Derby Kennedy. He's a killer drummer. But uh, no, the, the script. And he also painted John Bonham on the bathroom door in Music Maker one time. So <laughs> he's all right by me. Like, <laughs> no, but I won't, was, I won't was, hear a bad word it was, said. It was the script that made me just go, oh, oh, because I still think they're living in the Hall of Fame. The song they did, that they did with Will I Am. In my I've opinion, never heard it in my life. Is, I didn't know they did. In a song my opinion, with Will I Am. is is one I'm of far the, too cool to know that he did. They oh did a my song God. Will I Am. Myself and Zach for an entire year talked about how it's probably one of the worst songs ever made. Like it Scripps is. Scripps and so, the Frey are, are two bands I always get mixed up with. Did the Frey have one? The Frey have one. But I remember the Frey the, like one Josh, or two good songs. Josh Home got interviewed uh, years and years and years ago uh, on Zane Lowe's show. And uh, Zane Lowe goes, um, so what's on your iPod at the moment? Is it like shit like the fray? And, and Josh Holm just goes, huh, frayed not. <laughs> I just thought that was magnificent. And then he goes, uh, it's where I got keep all my guy music. That's what I have on my my guy music. I have a guy pod. And then Joey Castillo's sitting there and he's like, Joey's got a shy pod. Because anytime you try and look at what's what's on it, he goes, "Give me that back! I don't want to." And then he's like, "Troy in the band, he's got a he's got a Y pod." Because when you're looking through it, you're like, "Why the fuck have you got this on me?" <laughs> <laughs> so to this day, I've named you know you have to name your Apple device. Like yeah, my, yeah, my yeah. iPhone is called Guy Phone. Guy <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the last question that I have for you, and it's a very oh, easy one. Is well, it heat? <laughs> uh, no, it's not about heat. It's uh, it about the bear. Watch the bear. Everybody watch the bear, watch the and bear. everybody watch We Own the City. I don't, I don't think we recorded that bit. I think that was no, we before. Didn't. We, we didn't. didn't. No. And also, I was trying to cast Heat Two in my head, 
and the guy from the bear has to play Al Pacino because he kind of looks like him and he's Italian American and young Al Pacino in Heat 2 has to be the dude from the bear. But does the I'm show about, does the show And actually Bernthal could totally play young De Niro. So I'm just putting like, it out. Ooh. We can cast we can cast the whole of Heat 2 the young part with people from the bear. But there's that show about them trying to get the Godfather made where they have a young Al the Pacino. Offer, that's that, we discussed before we started recording. I told you I have a top 5 TV show. Oh, the offer of the was year. the other one. Is the that offer what is number 4? Oh, is it? It's 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 the bear. We own this city. Barry, the offer. Ba- Man, and Barry then, is one of the most underrated TV. It's one of the most slept on TV shows I've ever watched. And then like what's the fucking fifth. Oh, Jesus. All right, you ask your question, and in the meantime, what do you enjoy most about the art that you make? Is the final question. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> no, I, no, I, I know, I know this. I actually, I actually have an answer for this. Um, when, when an idea is starting to take shape in the room when you're when you're working with your, your mates you know and you just all share a look and you just go we're on to something yeah. here that's the fucking best you know now obviously like sorry gigs are also the best like those are the two so like playing live to people is just you, you can never ever get tired of playing live to people but just that moment where you're like fuck me we're on to something and no words have to be said it's just a look and you're like and you're you're still playing you're still making the noise and you're still like Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's happening here, and that's you can't beat that moment. So that that's yeah. There's, there's very my good answer. answer for that very one. good answer. Um, uh, so the the only the last question I have for you, Dave, is just a very simple. Uh, where can everybody find you? Do you have any gigs coming up? Uh, is there anything to look out for? Uh, basically, self promote the shit out of yourself at the moment. Oh, I don't want to, but um, okay. <laughs> uh, if you don't want to, we can skip this section. So, well, I'll just say, <laughs> Live in mystery. Uh, you said this is coming out Saturday, so I think it's the 18th. Punchface will making their will be making their triumphant return. Sweet. We're gonna play upstairs in Wheelands. We're playing with a burial at sea, who are great friends of ours. Burial at sea, brilliant. Yeah, they're 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 so actually, Chancer's first ever show was in Liverpool. Did we talk about that earlier? No, we never talked uh, about we, that. We just decided to, so basically, our friend Patrick uh, was living over in Liverpool. He hit us up and said, you know, "Why don't you come over and play with us?" And it ended up being our first gig, and we loved that idea because we were like, you play your first gig to all your mates, and they're all going to come up afterwards and say you were great. Yeah. But if you play to nobody you know, then if anyone comes up afterwards and says you were great, they're not saying it because they a have to. Ballsy move. So we we Chancellor played their first show in Liverpool, and it was Patrick Blaney, and it was it was a Burial Seas first gig. Right. And because um, they're Irish, aren't they? They're they're well, Paddy's from the north. They're from the north, and, yeah. And Dara's from the north, and then. The other guys are from uh, they're they're from all around. Joel is, in the band is Canadian, uh, but they all they all they all met in college in Liverpool. Oh right, okay. And they all live in Liverpool at, as of now. And um, so we've every time they come, every, every time that Americans see have come over, we've played with them. We've either had them support us or we've supported them because like we're best mates and like there's no egos, so like we don't mind playing before them or they don't mind playing before us, you know. Mm. And um, so yeah, Pat, I mean, like Paddy comes over at the moment. He's playing drums with uh, uh, Maliki. Oh no way! Yeah, and he's he's been playing all the festivals. He's been crashing in my gaff some of the you know some my, of the time. My friend Shay's playing so, guitar with Malachi at the moment as well. So there you go. Yeah, I, I met him the other day. Shay, Shay, uh, oh, I forget his surname. There's a now. photo on my phone of me, lovely me Shay and, Mal- and and Patty after Malachi Sh- at all together. Now. I love Shay. He's such, but, um, such good crack so, now. Yeah, so they're coming man. over. They're doing and everybody all around the country. Go like look them up. They're playing like I think six or eight dates. Uh, around Ireland um, in the coming month 
Uh, I think it's like the 11th to the 18th. Don't hold me to that. But the 18th is the is the Dublin show. We're playing upstairs in Whelan's and we'll be playing with them. Awesome. So that's Punch Face. Eris next show will be the, we, we mentioned it earlier, the probably the Drop Dead Twice thing. Are we and, allowed to mention that? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Okay. Well, I, I just don't have a date for it yet. But Grant. so I guess kind of keep your eyes peeled. Um, we'll also maybe be doing a little bit of an electric picnic thing that I'm not ooh, supposed to mention, but uh, I won't be there. Um, but <laughs> but uh, hey, if any promoters don't like that I mentioned that, uh, eat <laughs> a bag of dicks. So, um, uh, Chancer is kind of a hiatus situation at the moment, but sure. there'll be something, there'll be something yeah. at some point. Um, and that's yeah, and then uh, Michael Mann hit me up for heat too. <laughs> uh, that'd be great. And just in case anyone wanted to know, this is going to hurt is the number five on my TV list for the this year. This is going to hurt, yeah. What is that? It's a BBC um, TV medical drama. The guy who plays oh, you just watch a whole range of shit. Oh, don't I you? watch everything, no, but this this is fucking kick ass. It's like a He's a, he's a dude who he was the he's in Bond he's in one of, he's in all the Bond movies is he is he Ray Fiennes no 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 he's uh, Adam uh, oh does he play Q yes um, yeah he was in Perfume Adam K is his name Adam K uh, no, sorry no no no, no. Adam K is his character name Ben Wishaw is his name yeah Ben Wishaw yeah. played Q in the new yeah James and it's Bond. it's basically him as a as a gay doctor he's gay and he's gay and, uh bond as well actually well it's it, like I, i'm not just bringing up gay he it's 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 kind of integral to the plot of the show because okay. he's dealing with he's not out at work okay he's, he's kind of a really cynical wicked tongued motherfucker is at it work. a period piece um, or no no no. it's it's present day and okay. he's just he's he's just sick of everything and like you know but he's he's, he's just under tremendous pressure because he's not out and he's 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 just dealing with lots and but it's they just they nailed it. Have you, you know? ever seen the film he's in Perfume? I haven't. No. Perfume. I, I know the movie you're talking about, but I haven't I haven't watched it. Go, uh, if I was to leave you with any film, go watch that. That is a weird movie. <laughs> but it's one of those films that's kind of like Well, I'm watching all of the Predators after watching Prey the other night. Oh, Prey's so good. It's so Prey kicked ass. Prey, it's awesome. It's the so good. The second best was, Predator, isn't it? Oh, easily. Yeah. I would, like I was so I'm going to watch Predators tonight just to Did you ever see Cuz the 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 the, the recent one where they the tried to weapon guys that I I've been talking about the whole time during this. Uh, did a Predator rundown and they voted Prey third and gave Predator second and I was like you're crazy Adrian Brody the Adrian Brody one I was like you're what's crazy they, I remember that if... movie being okay at best it is okay at and best I'm gonna, so, but I have to rewatch it now it doesn't even have it. any memorable scenes in like the scene in Prey where she's I running through the fucking thing I do remember what's his name the fucking redneck dude who's in The Shield Walton Goggins oh, I yeah, remember yeah. Walton Goggins he plays being a serial brilliant killer. He, no he plays a Nazi or sorry like a racist anyway he's like he's a real is redneck he's a Quentin death row guy isn't he isn't Topher Grace the serial killer in it oh Topher Grace the serial killer is, uh, Walton Goggins is the San Quentin death row guy but, yeah, um, and he's like super racist. And yeah, Marsha yeah. Ali's in it. I forgot all about that. I actually, why I I looked at the IMDb casting for it recently. I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. In that? By the way, True Detective three, really good. I never watched it. I he, got, he blows it out of the water. He almost does. as much as I know it's going to sound insane. Don't you say Matthew McConaughey. Stephen Dorff absolutely crushes season three. He is great. I've never seen Stephen Dorff good in anything. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Except uh, his Marin interview, which was the reason I burned, turned on season. Uh, does he have season a Marin interview? Yeah, he, he he did it just after he'd filmed True Detective three. Oh, fair and I was on holiday and I listened to it. and I went, I'm gonna give that a go, and it was really good. So, hmm. well, uh, Dave, thank you so much for coming on. I don't have any more questions for you. 
No more um, heat stuff. No, no more heat stuff. Well, we can, we, pff, if you have another hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a long movie. It is a long movie. But thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate no it. You're, you're listening to a dead man on the end of this film. <laughs> <laughs> So that was the episode with Dave Newell. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, uh, you can give me a follow. It'd be greatly beneficial for me. It's a small podcast that I run myself, so I'd very, very much appreciate it. Um, And if you really, really liked it, you could share the episode. But anyways, uh, the main thing is, uh, thank you very much for listening to the episode, and I hope you have a great week.